This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside Chris Klimazewski, Mike Dawes. Kyle Russo will be joining us in just a few moments. First off, Chris, you have returned. Great to have you back here in the studio. It's good to be back. I mean, I've been on the road the past two weeks calling the football games, but now it feels good to be back for this weekend, too, for homecoming. Absolutely. It is homecoming weekend here at WCWP, but we do broadcast our show, Review and Preview, here on mywcwp.org and wcwpsports.org. We are on Instagram, Facebook. We are podcasting. Uh, you can subscribe to us on the podcast app on your phone. Just type in Review and Preview. We're right there. We're on Apple Podcast, iTunes, Blockbuster Show tonight. But before we get to that, let's talk about WCWP Homecoming Weekend here for just a hot second. Uh, so it is Homecoming Weekend. The alumni take over the station, me, myself being one, um, and it's just great to be here with you guys and without guys who started the Alumni Association like Jeff Kroll, Bill Moser, who was here before Dan Cox, uh, and, and of course, Dan Cox. Um, and Chris, yeah, you were talking about football. Uh, we'll plug in the football game tomorrow. The LIU Post Pioneers will be taking on the St. Anselm Hawks, um, actually up in New Hampshire. The LIU Post quarterback last year was a St. Anselm transfer. And Jeff Kroll, Neil Marks, and Pat Kroll will be bringing coverage of that game. And right now, over on FM, Scott Persky is currently um, broadcasting his show, Anything That's Rock and Roll, from 6 to 8 p.m. So we'll keep you updated with that. And happy belated 24th birthday yesterday, Big Red, Christopher McBride of the LIU Post mm. football team. Uh, fun fact, I actually had orientation with him back in 2013. So... Shout out to him, and the football team definitely misses him on that O-line this season. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> it's tough. Let's waste no more time. Let's get to the New York Yankees and the Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, I'm going to start with a couple of things. Uh, the New York Yankees lose this series in four games. Red Sox win it 3-1. to one. Uh, And game four, a little disappointing, but before we get to that, Let's give the Yankees kudos. It's Kyle Russo, welcome to the studio. Uh, I saw you. You picked up some Sonic before the show. I did. I did. Yes, I did. Snapchat <laughs> does not lie. It does not. Right? What you got? Oh, I got a bacon double cheeseburger. Ooh. Oh, it was worth it. Sounds good. It was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 267 home runs as a team this season in the regular season. Phenomenal numbers. They beat the record set by Seattle. Back in 1997, uh, you know, that was so long ago that one of us here in the studio wasn't even born to witness that happening. That would be me. <laughs> um, it was 264 set by the Mariners back in 1997. So shout out to the Yankees on a great season uh, before we um, rip them a new one here. <laughs> um, all right. So overcoming an awful second half was Luis Severino in the wild card game, right? This was a great game for Severino and the Yankees. He pitched near flawlessly. As Kyle brought up last week in the show, I don't think the guy gave up a hit till like, what was it, the fourth inning? I know he only pitched four, maybe five innings. I think it was four, but that's normal in a playoff game. That is normal, you know? Yeah, especially when the Yankees have that bullpen so deep. Yeah. No need to keep someone in for that long. Absolutely. Um, 
Talking about more news here with the Yankees, Aaron Judge hit his fifth career postseason home run. That sparked the Yankees in that wild card game. And Judge actually had two home runs, uh, one in game one of the series against Boston and another in game two. So if I'm not mistaken, through just five games, Aaron Judge hit three postseason home runs. Kyle Russo, talk about his impact and what it was like to have Aaron Judge back in that Yankees lineup down the stretch. Oh, well, Tom, we know the impact that Judge brings to the table. Just he's the heart of this team. That's bottom line. And he absolutely performed in every single game. He was really the only one that was providing any offense from this team throughout the playoffs, not just the wild card game, but the Boston series in general. Because when you look at this Boston series, when you look back at it, it was just it was a winnable series. It really was. The if the pitching wasn't so awful, which it was in game three and game four. This is really it's truly a winnable series. And just there was really no offense production besides uh, Aaron Judge. Would you say awful is an understatement? No. Uh, no. I mean, listen, Severino. <laughs> I had to go there, by the way. I Severino. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Severino. We were debating on who should start the wild card game. I thought it should have been Tanaka. But in the long run, we thought Boone selecting Severino would be a good thing for his confidence. And another reason that he wouldn't have to pitch on the road against the Red Sox to kind of cover him up a little bit. That's why uh, Severino and Sabathia, I think, got the nods in games three and four. Uh, and also the fact that Happ and Tanaka were just better overall throughout the entire season. Even though Happ uh, joined late, was only with the team for about two short months, two, two and a half. Um, so the Yankees, look, they left Greg Bird off the playoff roster due to the emergence of Luke Voigt. We all agreed on that. Uh, Luke Voigt was incredible late in the season. Definitely a guy you want to have on your team moving forward in the future. It kind of uh, derails or di digresses from the fact that Tyler Austin was dealt at the deadline, who a lot of people thought, even some here in the studio, that he would be groomed up to take over as the new Yankee first baseman over Greg Bird. Um, Yankees carried 12 pitchers on the playoff roster, 12, um, and... They were going up against a Red Sox team that won their most games in franchise history. That's a very tall order. Not only do you have to beat basically the best team in the second half in the Oakland Athletics in a one-game wild card, you got to go. Now you're asking this team to beat the best team in baseball this season on the road. Yeah, it's tough. Not easy. Um, Chris. Um, the home team actually had the upper hand in the regular season, but in the playoffs it was different. Three out of the four games were won by the road team. Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? I mean, look, these are just very ex well, not experienced teams, but they were when it came when it comes to this Red Sox Yankee rivalry, there really is no home field adva advantage when these teams come to town. Right. You'll see Yankee fans travel from all over to come to go to Boston to see games, and you'll see the same thing for the Red Sox fans mm -hmm. coming to New York. There's no really difference, and you saw that too at the game because, like you said, Yankees won one game at Fenway, and the Red Sox won both the both of the games at Yankee Stadium. So. Mm -hmm. Really, no home field advantage, but I mean, look, this was just uh, <laughs> the Red Sox controlled the series. Rough outing, for sure. Con the Red Sox controlled <laughs> the series the whole time. I mean, yeah. if you were Red Sox fans, you should, literally you should have never been nervous at all. Yeah. Um, the Red Sox did win the regular season series ten to nine, um, but they the two teams as historic as this rivalry is, and as much as they hate each other, the two teams 
didn't meet in the playoffs since the 2004 ALCS, uh, which we all know how that fared out. Uh, seven yes. games in favor of the Sox. First time team in baseball comes down 3-0 and comes back on that high of a stage. Wow, I've never heard that before. Wow. As Mike, uh, right on cue, we have our first caller of the night. Um, or some somebody is ringing that might be for the other studio since it's homecoming. So, but um, if Kyle, you can just move the phone over. I'll just say whoever it was already hung up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the storyline of this series was J.A. Happ had all his success against the Red Sox, and he comes out there in Game One. And it was a dud. We were watching Game One here in the studio during our live show last week, and Kyle Russo was very emotional. <sighs> he was. He was. He That's was an understatement. Visibly upset. That is an understatement. Physically was, upset. It was just so disappointing. All the, all the analytics and statements proved that Happ should have been able to win this game. He won yeah. every single game right. since becoming a Yankee, Completely and agree. he was known as the Boston Killer. Yeah. He really, and he just what did he pitch four outings. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, the bullpen solidified, and they almost came back to win the game, but not enough. Mm-hmm. But crazy, yeah, crazy stuff. Let me, uh, it's, it's never fun. <laughs> um, now, as we get to um, more in depth on this series here, Chris Sale was two and zero against the Yankees. Hap was seven and zero since joining the Yankees. Hadn't lost the game, but the first game he loses probably proved to be the most costly game. As it really, I wouldn't say it set a tone for the series exactly, but it definitely gave the edge towards the Red Sox because we talked about how important a game one is, but the Yankees were able to come back and win game two on the road, and they brought it to the Bronx tied 1-1, which was very impressive in my book. But, hey, um, you know, if you're J.A. Happ, four starts against the Sox and your ERA is under two, and then you go into this game one, and your ERA skyrockets to twenty two point fifty. Oh my god, that's a problem. You want to talk about horrendous pitching? That was bad. Yeah, it's it's tough because it's like you said that was this is this was the real reason why you brought in Jay Happ because you knew he mm-hmm. could kill the Yankees, and he did all all regular season. Just so happens that you know he comes down to the, the playoff game and he stinks it up. I mean. <laughs> Can you really beat up the guy for him for uh, playing this bad? Yes, I think you can. <laughs> right, because of the state. The the stage it was on, yeah. yeah, but I mean, look, he he helped you get to where you were, so I mean, you got to give him a little leeway. I mean, I wouldn't start stoning the guy, but. No. Whoa. But, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, look, this this is the real, the real reason According why. According to Chris, the, it is. <laughs> this is the real reason why the uh, Cashman and the rest of the Yankees organization brought in Jay Happ to do to actually win this game for the Yankees, and he failed. I had fun with that. Me too. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, to piggyback <laughs> off of that, I completely agree. Uh, it all started in the first inning, live during the show, when J.D. Martinez blasts a three-run bomb. Uh, that got the Sox up 3 nothing, And I remember Kyle Russo in agony during that. Um, I saw tears. Kyle's like, try, I'm, he cry, I can see that he's oh, trying not man. to remember Kyle, this game. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've had a rough sports week. Me and I've Kyle had actually spent week. two hours on the phone yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a rough sports <laughs> week, guys. We gave each other our life story on the phone. I'm like, <laughs> but... Hap only lasted two innings, five runs, four hits. Awful, as where Sale went five and a third and had eight strikeouts against the powerful, stacked, dynamic Yankees lineup that featured guys like 
Luke Voigt, Aaron Judge, Miguel and Duhar, Glaber uh, Torres, Aaron Hicks. And look, it, it's, it's self-explanatory how good Boston was in this series, how dominant their starting pitching was. Because when you go up against that high caliber of an offense, I understand the Yankees are more of a home run team than a contact team, but the Yankees were so good that everybody was hitting 20 home runs this season. Yeah. Name one guy that didn't, besides Greg Bird. And oh, Luke, a couple and guys. Lu- and Luke Voigt, who played like a quarter of the season. No, but listen, absolutely. But when that's, that's the big question with this team. When you're a team based off of home runs, you know, you need a batting average to come with it. I mean, the Red Sox have probably the top two MVP uh, choices this year in JV, uh, J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts, who both batted above 330. And they both hit a solid amount of home runs. J.D. Martinez actually leading. No, he finished behind Chris uh, Chris Davis mm-hmm. in home runs this year. But they were just a team that just could not. I mean, they got guys on base. They just could not score. Yeah. They just could not score for the life of me. You, They had, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was game, it might have been game one or game three, where they had three guys on base, or even game four, they had three guys on base, and no outs. That's not fun. And they didn't get one For guy that, home. Man. Could not get one guy home. It, it was I terrible. Game one and three. Well, here, here I got another fun fact. Listen to the Michael K show the other day, and they threw out a stat. I was like, whoa, that's not bad because they mentioned that the Yankees were either home run or that's it. The Yankees led the league in sacrifice flies, which means that they thought they're they're hitting the ball, but just not apps. home runs. Right. Just not the home runs that they were in. So they were literally either getting the home run ball or they weren't. There was one in the ninth inning of game four. Yeah. Um, look. Oh, Gary Sanchez, but, yeah. No, he didn't. That was close. It wasn't Gary Sanchez, but it was we close. We talked about game one. Quickly, we'll talk about game two. Uh, the Yankees won 7-2. to two. Basically, they had a three-run seventh inning. This was a game that was a heavy favorite matchup for the Yankees in terms of pitching. Masahiro Tanaka versus David Price. Price had a better second half, but Price is notorious for not pitching well in the playoffs, not pitching well against the Yankees. I mean, look, this guy, yeah, he's a lefty, he's dominant, but he's nowhere near Chris Sale. Chris Sale is on a whole nother level. I think he has an 0-11 record in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. David Price. It's that bad. Yeah. Um, Stinks. Yeah. But let's go over uh, the stat line in this game. Gary Sanchez had four RBIs. This is a guy who couldn't hit for you all season. In game two, he really helped the Yankees get back on the map in game two as they found a way to beat the Sox 7-2. to um, Definitely a big win for the Yankees. The series shifts to the Bronx. Game three, 16-1. to one. I repeat, 16-1? to one? Wow. Playoffs? That's uh, it's not good. What? It's baseball, Susan. It is baseball. <laughs> I'm listening. That you know, game just frustrated me. It, no, I'm laughing because I'm doing. I'm going to my internship on Monday night, and I put on the game. And John Sterling and John Sterling says it's seven to one. I mean, seven to nothing in the fourth inning. I was just like, Pfft. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, you nothing. This is supposed to be. This was Nathan Evaldi versus Luis Severino. I mean, come on. I mean, look. I know. I understand Severino has been. You're probably your worst pitcher of the second half of the season, but. Come on, that's Nathan. He's got Duvall. the best stuff. Uh, the yeah, end. he does. That's and that's saying something because yeah. he had an awful second half. But I mean, Brock Holt was the oh. goat. The goat. Oh. <laughs> Holt the goat. Uh, it doesn't quite rhyme. Anyway, no, it doesn't. Um, Givaldi was phenomenal. 
to go seven innings against the Yankees lineup in the playoffs on the yeah. road. That was the best performance all series by any Red Sox pitcher. If you to ask do me. seven to do seven innings in the playoffs in general is just a, a big, big, big time achievement. Look, sometimes when you score sixteen runs in a game, your defense gets overshadowed. Yeah, that was the best defensive game for Boston in the playoffs, if you ask me. I thought their defense was good all series, especially in yeah. Game Four. How many, how many throws did a quarter uh, Rod Nunez yeah, make from third base? I mean, um, every out was the third base. Something to think about moving forward good. for the AL. CS against the Houston Astros, but uh, Game 3 did not go well for the Yankees. Severino gave up six runs in three innings. Severino basically, I, I mean, his location was awful. He sucks. He, he, he truly is terrible. Right there. You you summed up his performance he truly is in terrible. two words. It's, it was he terrible. sucked yeah. in Game 3. He's awful. Look, I, I didn't want to say <laughs> I knew it, but I ev- felt it. But, I ev- felt but it. everyone coming yeah. everyone coming into this season was telling me, oh, Luis Severino, he's going to win the Cy Young. He's a top-five pitcher in baseball. Yeah. He's all this, he's that. I'm like, I'm not sold on Severino. First half of the season, I was like, well, I'm probably wrong. You know, he uh, he looked like a Cy Young candidate. Second half of the season, I was just like, I'm a genius because Rough. this guy stinks. <laughs> Be- he, he had one of the worst second halves I've ever seen by a pitcher. Absolutely. I mean, it's crazy. What do, what do you think about that? What do I think about what he just said? Oh, absolutely true. I mean, we talked about it. I picked, I picked Severino to win the Cy Young in the beginning of the season. I was on pace to be correct. And then somehow he went from the, one of the best pitchers in the league, if not the best pitchers in the league, to the worst. The worst. Yeah, he, like, it was disgusting. And, pe- and people kept saying, like, after, like, when they came back from the All-Star break and he had, like, the three-game slide, like, oh, he'll bounce back from yeah. this. And I'm like, I don't it think just he's never bouncing happened. back from this. Like, th- these were three bad games against bad teams. Shout out Albert Doner, Jaden Daly, Tommy the Mac McNamara, my mother, and Chris all uh, watching our yeah, I'm watching. Facebook Live. Just video in case here. we can't see the comments from up there, I got them down here. Albert on the... just logged off as soon as I shouted him out. Oh, damn. Thanks, Albert. That's, uh, now I'm Well, sad. he can't hear you now. Yeah, yeah, That's a big <laughs> Well, if he decides problem. to turn back, you know, watch the, yeah. watch the rerun. No, he'll hear about it tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, but yeah. And yeah, you talk about Brock Holt going for the cycle. Four for six. Five RBIs. The Yankees pitching was so bad. Backup catcher Austin Romine. Austin Romine pitched the ninth inning. He allowed Brock Holt that? to finish the cycle. Gave him that home run. Why, why did they? I, I missed the end of game three. Why, why was Romine thrown out there? Was it just they were desperate or yeah, they it was just like, didn't care? It was like 14 to 1 at that point, and then he hit a home oh, run. True. Yeah, and then, you know. It was just, That's I mean, like Jose Reyes uh, in that. 25 run game for the oh, Nationals. That was funny. <laughs> that was great. But this is the playoffs, though, too. You know, like yeah. it's terrible. That's that's bad. That's it's embarrassing. Screen kind of about that. That is embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, and Brock Holt. I mean, the game, the amazing game he had. He was the, becomes the first player in postseason history mm-hmm. to hit the cycle. Mm-hmm. I was stunned at that stat. I, I was like, also Mickey stunned. Mantle did that eventually. Like we a think about a lot of games. stats on the show. You know, yeah. sometimes I kind of feel like we're in the midst of a sports show and a statistics class <laughs> when we do this show. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, but like, stats. yeah, the first postseason cycle in history, I was stunned. I thought, I figured maybe someone back in the day might have done he it. He hits towards the bottom of the lineup, too. He does. He's not, he's also, literally a utility guy. He was 1 for 14 versus the pitcher starting, and Alex Cora, I yeah. guess, had a gut feeling. Yeah. He started him. Went against analytics. <laughs> yep. It worked out. Analytics definitely worked out. Game four, Boston wins by the skin of their teeth, 4 3. And we're going to talk a little bit about Game 4 before we go to break here. Um, look, 
the big concern for the Red Sox was the bridge to Craig Kimbrell, right? You guys know what I mean by the bridge. The the relief pitchers leading up to Craig Kimbrell. And, you know, quite frankly, when you have Chris Sale pitch the eighth inning, that definitely helps. But Boston's bullpen was tremendous in game four. Let me tell you something. There were times where the Yankees were getting on these runs and they were starting to get players on base. But, again, they just couldn't cash in to score one run up until the ninth inning in game four on the brink of elimination. That's unacceptable. I mean, I I, I hate to say this, you don't deserve to win if yeah. you score one run through eight innings against the Red Sox. Yeah. That's unacceptable. It's a learning experience. It really is. Because what game what game three and game four, I mean, I'm I'm not an Aaron Boone hater, but he pulled out the pitches way too late. He really did. I agree. I mean, Severino just... Kyle. Hicks, 0 for 4. Stanton, 0 for 4. That's the problem. Voight, 0 for 3. That's the problem. Judge, 0 for 3. The Yankees didn't hit at all. Didi was the only guy with more than one hit. I'm sorry, but when your hitting comes from your 7-8-9 and Sanchez, Torres, Neil Walker, I think 6-7-8, excuse me, with Neil Walker. Yeah. Walker started um, at third over in Duhart. That's how bad and Duhart played in this series. Yeah. The, the pressure got to these young players. It really did, except for Gleyber Torres. He had a pretty good series, but Hicks didn't hit well. Didi had the two hits in Game 4, but he didn't hit well. Luke Voigt was okay. Stanton was bad. Stanton was, Stanton was bad. That's the Gary reason. Sanchez, besides the four RBI game, he did nothing. That's the reason right there. Gleyber Torres your... was good. I, think, I thought he was the best. Him and uh, Aaron Judge were the two best hitters in the series for the yeah. Yankees, if you ask me. Agreed. Well, back to Stanton. He's your three hundred million dollar man, and he just absolutely straight up three hundred million dollar man. Now I may just underperformed as an understatement with this series. I don't. How many hits did he get? He got at bat. I'm pretty sure eighteen times. I think he had like three hits. I may be wrong. This is this is his first postseason appearance. right? It is his first postseason. So yeah. maybe maybe that's why he underperformed. It's his first he's time. Just, but he's I, never but, been a clutch hitter though. No, I was going to say, yeah. He's never been good at runners in scoring position because he's a power hitter. Yeah, so if this you, isn't really breaking news. If you're paying this man $300 million, he can't be doing that. Well, he yeah. shouldn't have even. That's the Marlins giving him undeserved money. Like, $300 million is aggressive. Hey, best player. I mean, they had to do it. No, they did not. People overpay all, all, all the time, especially he'll, he'll in baseball. He'll never hit 280, yeah. so he had to Tell do you. that. I don't believe that. All right. Well, game four was bad. Look, yeah, Rick Porcello was on the mound, but, you know, he was a CY Young just two years ago. But CC just lasted three innings, man. When your ERA is at nine in a game like that, when you're on the brink of elimination, look, yeah, CC is the type of guy he's going to give up one, one to three runs a game. He's going to give you five to six solid innings at this stage of his career. He deserved to start a playoff game. But when you're on the brink of elimination, I felt the Yankees' leash on CC should have been much shorter. I don't even. What it was. I don't even think he should have started. I would have brought in the bullpen and let the bullpen pitch. Yeah, I mean, because the bullpen right. was phenomenal throughout right. the entire se- series. I, I would have started half because game one he pitched like forty pitches. Yeah, I would have went with half yeah. because he would have gave you the same amount of innings CC did anyway. So absolutely. And then you have Tanaka pitching game five potentially. Well, yeah, just worry about game five, but yeah, Tanaka would have been likely candidate. They mm-hmm. just had to get to game five and they couldn't do it. Yeah, if they got it to game five, they would have won back in Boston. They would have won. Just momentum, it especially been, with that. It would have been half against Sale, but Sale pitched one inning in the eighth inning. And let's – we'll finish off with the Yankees here with this ninth inning. Kimbrell gives up two runs. The inning starts. I forget who let off. I think it was Hicks. The Yankees had – I want to say bases loaded with nobody out, right? No. No. They had, no. 
Stanton got Stanton out. Stanton struck they out. They had one out, basically two loaded. runners on. Yeah. The Yankees got two on, and then Stanton strikes out. And then they hit Neil Walker. I want to say Judge drew a walk. Yes, he did. And then, no, Judge... Judge Hick, drew a walk. Hicks got hit by the pitch. That's what happened. No, Neil Walker did. Neil Walker got hit. Okay, so he got Neil hit Walker on the foot. hit by the pitch. Okay, so Judge let off the inning. Yeah. Then Didi follows it up with a hit. Yeah. That's what happened. Stanton strikes out. Voight comes up, and I'm pretty sure uh, Voight walked as well. Yeah. And then they sent in Henchevaria to pinch run for him. Walker gets hit. Yeah. Um, now your base is loaded with. No, that's when they that's scored the run. run when Walker got hit. That's when they scored oh, they, the yeah. second run. Yeah. And then, but now there's one out because Stanton struck out, and then yeah. Gary Sanchez five. Missed that was like it by five, five feet. feet. Was like Sanchez five feet. missed it by five feet. Hits it to the wall. A run scores. Now it's a one-run game. But I was shaking my head at that play. Yes, it was a one-run game, but now there's two out. Yeah. There's two out. Yeah. As good as that sack fly was for Gary Sanchez, you're dealing it with two out here. And who was up next? Glaber Torres. And we're going to talk about this play here a little bit. Uh, who was playing first? It was Pierce for Boston? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and then Torres hits that ground ball. If he hit it a little weaker, he would have been safe. Yeah, it was a very close play. Of course, the Yankees are going to challenge it. But you can't get yourself in that position in the game where you're relying on your number eight, your number nine hitter that late to try to get you the game-tying run. There was a runner on at third when Torres was up. No, no it was it first was and second. First and second. It was first and second. A base hit ties the game, Yeah. right, Yeah. in the bottom of the ninth inning. So if the Yankees brought that game to extra innings, oh, I absolutely think they would have won for sure. Yeah, just a momentum change. When Craig Kimbrell was standing there like this with his arm up, you know, when he yeah. does that little uh, squeaking thing there with his arm. Shout-out, Travis Demers, to uh, – Tuning into our Facebook Live video, uh, thank you very much. All the way from Portland, Oregon. Travis used Rip to uh, call some football games here at WCWP, the historic 2002 season, WCWP homecoming weekend it is. Uh, but, yeah, game four was rough, let me tell you. I mean, it was rough to watch at the end. It was exciting, but I was talking to some friends after the game who were heartbroken. Kyle, you have nothing to be ashamed of as a Yankees fan. You walk out with your head held high. This was an excellent series. You lost to the potential World Series champions. No, at, at the end of the day, listen, Boston was the better team. Right, I knew that. Look, I'm, I'm going to straight. I'm going to fully yeah. straight admit. You convinced me to pick the Yankees to win this series yeah. last Thursday night. I yeah. was all going with the Red Sox and Dawes. You picked the Yankees at well, but then you do your typical Mike Dawes. Uh, then Lord <laughs> Lord Dawes takes over, and you switch last second. Too bad my, my bet didn't switch. I'm surprised so. I didn't get more of a reaction out of that. Yeah. But uh, we have a comment here on Facebook. Travis Demers, Kimbrell was melting down, and Stanton couldn't lay off the garbage speed pitch. That's true. I 100% yeah. agree. That was an awful at bat because Stanton was playing golf. I'm sorry. St- st- yeah. Stan- look, Stanton was already in off-season mode in that at bat. I hate to say it. He swung at a ball. He that, swung at everything. Gary Sanchez sack fly, he swung at ball four. Of course. That can't happen. Trying to, trying I don't care who you are. If you're the number nine, don't swing at ball four in that situation. I understand you got to choke up a little bit when there's two strikes in that stage, and you want to swing the bat. But Stanton was swinging for the fences. That was the worst. That, that was the only bad at bat. Yeah, that was the only bad at bat think, in the ninth inning. I don't think they do them. two strike approaches because Stan didn't come within two feet of a baseball in that at bat. That it, was the it, worst it was at awful. bat. Ever. If you watch Stan's at bats, every single one, he chops at everything high, and he can't oh, read yeah, a breaking no, ball. You're right. He cannot read a breaking Absolutely. ball. Absolutely. 
My thing is this. If you're the Yankees in that situation, you love having Giancarlo Stanton up there. But this whole season, this whole series, he didn't hit well. He hit two twenty two in the series. You can't do that. No, it's garbage. You can't do that. That is garbage. And, look, other things, other negatives out of this, Luis Severino cannot forget what time the game starts. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I wanted to. I understand you're a kid. Like, you're 24 years old. No, I don't even you're care. You're an adult, though. You could be eight, Tom. You're, you're you could be eight. a young adult. You're in New York. It's on every single paper. It's headlines. 14 years. You're playing the Boston Red Sox, and you don't know what time the game starts? And you're starting? Come on. Unacceptable. That's, that's a Come unacceptable. on. That's a I, mean, I don't understand honestly. how you do that. Come on. I mean, it just solidifies his season. It really does. You start off phenomenal. Your second half <laughs> is garbage, and you don't even remember the time of the game. I mean... It's rough. It's rough. Yes, Travis, that uh, kid to the right of me is Mike Dawes wearing a Sacramento Kings shirt. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in, Travis. And we hope you have an excellent night uh, in Portland. Hope your show is going well out there in Rip City Radio. And again, congrats on being the new radio play-by-play voice for the Portland Trailblazers. Awesome. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Nice. Yeah, I told you we have <laughs> some important people tuning in tonight. I, I wasn't kidding on that. <laughs> um, all right. And Didi is having Tommy John surgery. Great. That stinks. Won't be back until the second half of next year. Beautiful. Like, best-case scenario as well. Yeah. Second half. So that's, that's tough. Awful. On that note, enough on the Yankees. Good offseason. Aaron Boone made some questionable plays in the playoffs. We'll see who they get. We'll talk about that more next week. When we come back, we're going to go over the other three series that happened and preview the NLCS and ALCS. You're listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org and wcwpsports.org. Now back to Review and Preview on wcwpsports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview. Not quite Gangsta's Paradise, but, you know, I wish I was back in Jacksonville listening to that song. Summer is long gone. We're in the midst of fall right now. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm Tom Segveta. Joined alongside Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo, Chris K., Chris Klimazewski here in the studio. Let's go. Done with the Yankees. Let's get to these other series. Look, Altuve, Bregman, and Springer are too much. We all predicted this. The Astros were going to win this series. Mike had them in four. We had them in three. So yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm gonna say one thing. Told you so. You did, absolutely. I mean, I know I wasn't here, but I also said it would happen in four. Okay. So no, so sure. double up on that one. I did. Um, <laughs> all right. So yeah, it was a rough series for them, and it let you know. I think did this three zero sli- uh, this three zero slurp this three zero sweep lead the Indians to retiring their chief Wahoo logo. After 71 years. I don't think it led to it. I mean, it was <laughs> – I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that now because it kind of – it's funny that you said that. But, yeah, they they were talking about that uh, halfway through the season, them retiring it, and now that the season's over, it's just official that they are going to do it. So, I mean, I mean, I get it why, but, I mean, yeah, no harm, no foul. We're not Cleveland fans. We're not Indian fans here. So, doesn't, doesn't no sweat off our back. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, James Montefusco, shout out to you not being here tonight, um, watching from your iPad. Um, and 
another couple of things that we're going to talk about now. Uh, Springer hit a home run in game one. The whole wild card, um, not the wild card, the, the entire section was um, privileged by getting beers from a fan who said, if Springer hits a home run in this next at bat, we brought this up last week, I'll buy the entire section beer. And it actually happened. I thought that was funny. Um, look, when you when you hit four home runs in a playoff game, that, that, that's something that just doesn't happen. But for the Astros, it's happened seven times in their playoff history. So, I mean, that's something that's just incredible in itself. It speaks volumes to how effective of an offensive team they are, even when they're not 100% healthy. Because this series was all Houston written all over it. I mean, the AL Central had no shot in the playoffs. We know who the big three are. Houston, Boston, Yankees, no particular order. But let me, let me tell you something. This team is scary. I, they might be on the verge of repeating. The only thing standing in their way is Boston. I think it's coming out of the American League again. I really do. I don't see the crew or L.A. stopping anybody, but Cleveland had no chance. The pitching was just outmatched. Kluber looked really bad in his first start, and then Carrasco just got outdueled by Garrett Cole. And then Trevor Bauer coming out of the bullpen in that one game. Bauer looked really bad. Um, the 3-0 sweep, and it. I'm sorry, there was no fight. There was none whatsoever. If you're Terry Francona and the Cleveland Indians – there was no fight. You go down 11-3 to three in Game 3, and 10 of those 11 runs are scored in the last three innings of the game. That's when you know your team just gave up. I mean, that is bad. I mean, they were winning that game at one point, and then right. they got they just let up a million runs. Well, that's when Bauer came in. Cause that's yeah. when Bauer Clevenger, came in. Clevenger did a great job. Bauer gave yeah. up three runs in an inning and a third. Clevenger pitched a... Uh, Five innings, had nine strikes on oh, 99 man. pitches. Uh, and then Bauer came in, it was terrible. That, seventh inning was, that seventh inning was just really bad. Springer, two home runs in this game. Correa and Gonzalez, each with three ribbies. Um, man, it, it was rough to watch. In game two, Cole just outmatched Carrasco. Not a fun series. Indians go quietly. This sets up the ALCS between the Astros and the Red Sox, which will start tomorrow night. Uh, they will not play tonight. It will be Chris Sale against Garrett Cole, I want to say. We'll get the official. No, Justin Verlander versus Chris Sale. Verlander on the season 16-9, 2.52 ERA. Chris Sale 12-4, 2.11 ERA. you got to make the argument that if Chris Sale didn't get hurt midseason, he'd hands down be the ALCY Young. Yeah, he had two DL stints, so it's tough to win an award. People were complaining as to why he was starting the All-Star game over Luis Severino, and at the time they had a valid point, but I'm going to say something to you right now. Chris Sale is the best pitcher in the American League, with Justin Verlander being a very close second. Right now. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. What, the best? His ERA is barely over two. Yeah, the best uh, pitching season this year in the AL was Blake Snell, though. Yes, but the best yes. pitcher. He finished Chris with the most wins, right? He had twenty, he had 20 wins. Twenty wins and under two ERA for a Tampa Bay team who rose on the horizon late, too late in the season, a little too late to catch Seattle and Oakland, but they were the next team. Yeah, they're going to be. Them. They're going to be very good Watch within out, the coming Bronx. years. Those gets, Bronx Bombers are going to get starters. right up next year. I wow, mean, that, you know that, what that they're missing? Bad joke on my part. <laughs> you know what they're missing? They're missing. They're missing that star player. Yes. That the Rays need. Look, they got the pitching. They, they got the prospects there. They got uh, Brandon McKay. He's going to come up next year. Um, they don't have any starting pitching. They don't have any starting pitching. That's, a, it's that's just the Blake thing. Blake Snell. Then they have all these rookies. No, they have Blake Snell. They have Glasnow. They'll have. Uh, 
Not yet. Glasnow is okay. They had Sergio Romo start for them. That worked, though. He used to be a reliever for San Fran, no? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And then he he was the closer and locked it down. Yeah, that's rough. The Rays have so many good young hitters. They do. I love to see that core rise. So let's talk about Boston and Houston. Their lineups are both stacked. Uh, Let's get straight to the point. Game one, I'm going to go Boston because they're home. But who wins the series, guys, and in how many games? I think experts take Mike. Go ahead. I think Houston (laughs) in five or six. I think Houston's going to beat up on this Red Sox bullpen. Yankee fans are going to be mad because they didn't do it. Going out on a limb. Yeah, I'll take Houston. In All right, we're writing it down. You know, we have blank papers yeah. tonight on the so show. So many papers. So many papers. Yeah, when you look at their lineup, it's just it's ridiculous. Uh, Mike has Houston in what? Can I choose five or six? Sure. Five <laughs> or six. Nice. As you know, you'll change of later on. You'll switch to Boston in oh. seven, and then oh. you'll go back to Houston I'm, in he, five. And he, He's going to text me later and be like, damn, I should have said Astros in seven. Clint, Maybe? you're up. Red Sox in seven. Houston and six. Houston and six. Because that means David Price has to play two games. That's true. Damn it. I didn't think of that. Houston and seven. Look, so, so you I, I love what Boston has brought to the table in these playoffs. But right now, Houston has the better starting pitching. Yeah, without a as doubt. a rotation. Without I a doubt. I think Boston has the best pitcher in this series. But after him, you have Porcello, which is great. But then you have David Price. You, know, you have yeah. Brian Johnson. And it's it, it's tough to watch. So I'm the only clown who picked Red Sox. Well, look, I was going to pick Red Sox too, but again, Kyle Rousseau convinced me otherwise. You're welcome. And also, I'll <laughs> say the best two hitters are on the Red Sox, but the next a lot are on Houston. The next a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and I look, Altuve it. is, you know, near 100%. So, I mean, you know. I, I, I think that's a big fat. And Bregman has been phenomenal. Oh, he's yeah. So good. He has been really he's nice. He's so good. <laughs> All right, let's get to the National League. Making good time here. All right, Colorado, nothing to lose. They beat Chicago in the wild card game. On the road at Wrigley, great. Cubs did not show up. They did not deserve to advance. Colorado just played the better game. They advance against the crew. They advance to the NLDS against the crew. But it did not go too well for them. Did they win a game? They lost in four, right? The uh, Rockies? I I no, they, they got swept. Yeah, yeah they got no. swept. I'm thinking of the other series. The Braves did win one game against the Dodgers, but the Rockies got swept. Um, let's go over this series quick. Uh, Christian Yelich is just too much. I mean, a guy this season who used to play for Miami, a three twenty six average, 38, 36 homers, 110 ribbies, an all-star. Uh, he is a beast. He's scary to watch. He is the leader of the crew. If you ask me, yeah. You know, it's a, a fun fact of my own here. In game 163, when he had that last at bat, he had a man on, and if he had a two run homer there, he would have had the NL triple crown because game 163 counts for regular season stats. It does. But he grounded out. So, would be loser. Cool home run? Ah, darn it. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool if you had a home run, though. And so. look, you know, you go this series up and down. Um, did Kyle Freeland pitch in this series? Yes, uh, he did. He pitched game three, right? He pitched game two or game three because I know he, he, he pitched, pitched the wild card game. Yeah, he so pitched he the wild card. Um. Yeah, we're gonna get that up you quick here. As Kyle Russo will, uh, I got it handled. Check that up for us because Kyle Freeland emerged as the top pitcher for the Colorado Rockies this season. Oh yeah, he's part of the reason why I came within four points of a uh, 
Major League Baseball fantasy, uh, fa- excuse me, fantasy baseball championship. Wow. Yeah, he was one of the reasons why I came within the finals of my fantasy championship. Well, I mean, we're talking about fantasy. I won my league, obviously, you know. But you know what's crazy? That's two weeks in a row you brought that up. Get I out know, of I here. Love like, it. Come on. I want a belt. You. I want a belt. Darn it. I hate so, you. No, no, you, you you don't have to hang out with them. Okay, you have to parade this belt around now. Correct. But Freeland, <laughs> I get the Snapchats though. He does, yeah, he does. Yeah. But Freeland better road stats. No, 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 I'm sorry. Better home stats than road stats, and that makes no sense. He plays yeah. in Coors Field. I thought that made no sense. Kyle Freeland did actually not pitch in any of the games. There's the first problem. Yep. Yeah. How do you not throw him out there at Game Three? He was clearly the best pitcher for all the, for the Rockies. I mean, they threw out Herman Marquez. Strikeout yeah. machine. Uh, uh, but giving up runs machine yeah, as well. Look, Game Game Three again. This is another team in the National League. No fight in Game Three. They go down six nothing. It was Wade Miley against Herman Marquez, and it did not go according to plan. Um, look, this this uh, I hate to say it. This Colorado Rocky team probably didn't belong in the NLDS. I mean, yeah, they earned it against Chicago, but they kind of got lucky in a night where the Cubbies just didn't show up. You throw them at a three-game series, Colorado's not coming out on top. At least uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, look, I, I don't know. The Rockies, I don't know about that. The Rockies have one of the best lineups up and down in all of Major League Baseball between Arenado, Blackman, Trevor Story had a good year. Great year. Uh, not a good playoffs though. When, when da- yeah, when David Dahl is on, he's he's fantastic. Um, also, the Cubs just didn't hit when they had Game One Sixty Three in the Wild Card game. They scored two look, runs I in mean, twenty two innings. I'll say this: Marquez did not have a bad outing in Game Three, but five innings pitched, two runs, seven hits is not going to beat Wade Miley, who went no runs, three hits, and four and two thirds. That's not going to happen. And <clears throat> you look at the Rockies hitters: one one through six is scary, right? It's supposed to be scary. Not in this series. Um, Blackman hit .083. Arenado, 182. Trevor Story, 167. DJ LeMahieu, 222. Not good. Cargo, 100. Ian Desmond wow. hit under 100. They scored Brian Walters the reason why they are, but they got as far as they did. Yeah, he, he basically won them the... Uh, no, he did win them the wild card game. Yeah. Or the playing game, actually. No, no, the wild card game. Okay, I'm going crazy. <laughs> but also, they score zero runs when they're at Coors Field. How does that happen? Yeah. That's that's uh, very bad. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> so, Milwaukee advances. The Dodgers beat the Braves 3-1. to one. Look, another team, Atlanta, was just too young. I mean, it wasn't a bad series, but the Dodgers just outmatched them. Justin Turner, the big red goat, leading the way. Um, and Max Muncy has been super impressive this season. I think Muncy finished with 35 home runs uh, he's really been great and Kemp yeah. you know a guy who fell to the bench and he led them in RBIs this season as a team uh, this is a team that is very deep and it just came out that the Dodgers were just better they won 6-2 to two in game 4 Manny Machado their trade deadline acquisition had 4 RBIs in this game um, one of the best hitters in baseball this season um, also, I'm like 95% sure on the stat. He had Machado had three hits in the DS, all home runs. Again, 95% sure. Yeah. But I would not it's crazy. bet against you, Mike, because you are oh. a betting man. Oh, correct. You have fun with that one? I did, yeah. Yeah, first split, first split second. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm not a good gambler. So. Um, Justin Turner really is a playoff stud. I mean, he's hitting near 400 in these playoffs, and 
look, this is a mistake the Mets made, not re-signing him. They would have got him for so cheap. He'd still be starting at third. Todd Frazier wouldn't even have been a thought. Wright would have started the one game. Turner would still be on this team. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to get Chris or Mike started on that, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not talk about the Mets. Yeah, the uh, Dodgers um, will advance. And overall in this series, uh, you, right, Ryu? The, yes, yeah. Ryu. Yeah, he's been great. Yeah. Kershaw, great. Uh, Rich Hill has been respectable. Um, he's been up and down. He's been battling injuries. When when healthy, oh. he's pretty solid. But he has a new blister tear every single week. It's yeah, ridiculous. It sounds like a personal problem for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, shout out Matt Weinstein tuning into our Facebook Live video. We wish you well. Um, no, we don't, Matt. I wish you well. Chris, I don't you know spoiled you, Matt, my moment. Darn. <laughs> wow. no, I love Matt. He knows that. Um, yeah, we all do love Matt Weinstein here in the studio. I guess Matt didn't love us too much there. <laughs> um, let's preview the the NLCS now. That starts tonight. I mean, things are happening really quick here. Um, as right now, we have Gio Gonzalez against Clayton Kershaw tonight. And what shocks me is the Dodgers lineup. There's no Max Muncy. There's no Cody Bellinger. I mean, I, I, I'm a little confused. I mean, did they... David Fries is a former World Series hero, but I mean, right now, I don't understand. Is somebody hurt? I, I guess it's because Gonzalez is tough on lefties. But that might, that it's really a righty lefty thing, really, though. Do you, do you think yeah. that's what it is? I mean, I don't know what else it could be. Well, I mean, look, I know they're trying to play the analytics game, but I mean, this is the playoffs. You throw your best hitters out there, whether it's. No, you throw your hottest hitters out there, and Bellinger is not yeah. that. Um. These are two southpaws. These, with the exception of Chris Sale, these might be the next two best southpaws in baseball. Um, you look at the lineup tonight for the Dodgers: Chris Taylor, Justin Turner, David Fries, Manny Machado, Matt Kemp, uh, Kike Hernandez. Cody Bellinger is starting in center field. Excuse me. Yasmani Grandal and Clayton Kershaw for the crew. Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, who has been the MVP of this team this season. Ryan Braun still there. Jesus Aguilar, Herman. Hernan Perez, Mike Vistakis, Manny Pena, Orlando Arcia, and Gio Gonzalez. But Gio Gonzalez has been awful in the playoffs throughout his career. He has a 6.57 ERA in his last three playoff starts. Uh, a not-so-fun fact right there, but I'm yeah, sure you good. still had fun with it. Um, but Muncie not in the lineup tonight. This game starts at 8.09 p.m., about 20 minutes from now on Fox Sports 1. Um Look, this is a, a series that's going to be very fun to watch as well. Um, I'm having a hard time predicting this one, too. Obviously, Boston-Houston is what everybody wants to see. But I think this one, there's not much of a drop-off. You have two excellent starting pitchers tonight. Every baseball fan should be watching this game tonight. Nothing else should be on your TV besides this game. Um, and the Brewers will host this game over at Miller Park. Uh, I don't know. And, you know, you hear Christian Yelich actually grew up a Dodgers fan. So, I, I mean, <laughs> this is a tough series for him, his family. I mean, not so tough if your son is playing for them. But this is a guy who's only 26 years old. He grew up in Thousand Oaks, California, out west. And a guy who um, kind of rose on the horizon for a really bad team, you know, uh, including Giancarlo Stanton and Ozuna, the other outfielder. Those three outfielders are now on much better teams, but Christian Yelich has been a huge X factor. Um, but
But yeah, um, who do you guys think wins tonight? I, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm gonna take a wild card here, and I'm gonna go with the crew. Oh, I'm gonna go with the Dodgers because it's starting pitching matchup. I think you like Kershaw. Yeah, way better than Gonzalez. Well, Kershaw, um, before a couple years ago, not good in the playoffs at all. Like Gio, um, 2.73 ERA this season, 26 outings, another stellar year, but a down year, arguably for the best pitcher in this generation. Yeah, I wouldn't I, even I say arguably. That, I think yeah. he just <laughs> he's just so flat good. out is. I think well, the report on, M- on MLB.com <laughs> says arguably. So. I mean, was it him and Verlander arguing? Pretty much. Yeah, but I mean, I'll take the Dodgers just because the pitching matchup. Like I, I had Gio, sure. had Gio all year on my fantasy yeah. team, and he just flat out stunk. So I mean, I'm actually shocked that they are going with Gio in the first game. Like they must know like the analytics on something. So I mean, right? They got they must know something. I'm going with the Dodgers, and I think it's okay. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be like a four-two, four-one win. All right. So take the under. Yeah, take the under. All right, I'll take the over. Okay. Um, Kyle Russo? I'll take the Dodgers for this game tonight. All right, so I'm alone here. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's pick the series, though, unless you had anything else to say on tonight. No, that's that's just for tonight. I let's pick, pick the series, guys. We're going to start with Mike Dawes. I will go, because I have no feel in the series. I'm going what Vegas tells me to do, so I'll go Dodgers in seven. Dodgers are the Vegas favorite. So copy that. Take that as you want. Uh, Chris? I'm going to take the Dodgers in six just because I feel – Alec, I know the Dodgers have been the team to – they're basically the Bengals of the of baseball. Just unfor- They won their first what, postseason series last year in the yeah. longest time. Other than that, they always, they always lose in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like there's – I feel like the – I don't think these are facts. I think these are facts. Well, I don't think so. They were, they were in the World Series last year. I said other than last year. All right. Wow. You're attacking me. You're attacking me. LAD in six. Kyle yeah, Russo. LA in six. I'm going to take Milwaukee in seven. I hope it goes a distance or something like that because the DSs have been pretty boring so far. All right. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think the crew are going to win tonight, but I'm going to stick to my uh, word here. I, I really, going into the series, I, I think the Dodgers are going to come. I think the Dodgers are going to come out on top. Uh, I really do. Um, they have too many weapons offensively, so I'm going to pick them in seven, though. Um, I think both these series will go to seven games. So interesting. I hope so. Interesting stuff. All right. Um, that'll do it for baseball. We'll get more to the CY Young and M- uh, MVP stuff later as we go along in the postseason, see when those are announced. Uh, before we go to our next break here, let's talk about college football up until the top of the hour. Um, couple upsets this week. Uh, two top ten teams go down. Number seven, Oklahoma, loses to Texas. Um, that was a, a shocker. Also, Oklahoma was up two scores in the second half at that game. That's exactly why I think it was a shocker. Yeah, it certainly was. That was – I mean, Texas, they're back, apparently. Yeah. Weren't they up three at one point? Weren't they up 21? I'm pretty I sure. Think so. I think they Probably. were up three scores. I turned the game off. At, I was like, this is boring. I'm looking at it last week. Uh, Texas was ranked number 19, and they jumped up. Like, they're... They're, they're at number like, nine right now. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, I think Kyle is right, actually. Yeah, they are. So, that was a big wow. step for them to just go out there and... Um, 
come back in that game, you know, especially um, a Texas team on the road. Oklahoma puts up 45 points at home. They're winning 99% of the time. Texas put up 48 on the road. That What really sold it for me was that 21-point third quarter because you look at this game, Oklahoma outscored Texas 21-3 to in the fourth quarter, and Texas still found the way to win. That's what really shocks me, to be completely honest with you. Um, look, special teams is key. Field goals mean a lot in this league. Um, definitely something of note. The other big upset was Florida over LSU. Uh, number 22, Florida, defeats number 5, LSU. Um, look, again, any team can win on any given Saturday. And right now... Um, Look, LSU did not look good. They only I'm pretty sure they only scored one touchdown the whole game. Um, they lost 27-19. to 19. That was the final score. And I'm being completely honest here. Joe Burrow did not look good. 192 yards and two interceptions. Like, really? That, that's, that's not good. Um, Nick Brissett was the whole offense. Their receive, no receiver had over 51 yards. Ever since Odell Beckham and, Jarv- and Jarvis Landry left, I mean, there really hasn't been a big-name wide receiver. Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, look, they had, um, who was it, DJ Chark come out of the draft this year who was supposed to be a little underrated. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, he's uh, he hasn't been – he's not on the level of uh, OBJ and uh, Jar- and Juice Landry. So, I mean – Just call him Juice. Yeah, isn't that his Instagram name? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's his Instagram. Yeah, um, I, thought, I thought I was going crazy for a look, second. My <laughs> thing is this. Florida beat the fifth-ranked team of the country, not with their offense, but with their defense. They held them to 19 points. Their offense wasn't great. They didn't put that many yards out there. You know, it was a more running attack. It was a classic and, It was a classic SEC game. So, you know. As we regain our composure here in the studio. Chris, how many Arizonas is that for you? That's um, my first of the day, actually. I have two more in my bag. You no, know, we don't so. do bathroom breaks on the show. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to hold this up. Um, so, yeah, LSU loses. And this is going to be tough moving forward because a lot of teams bumped up. Uh, two teams that definitely benefited from these losses were Notre Dame and West Virginia. They jumped to number six and number seven. I'm going to say don't sleep on six and seven because, you know, I know you're not going to like hearing this. Notre Dame and West Virginia can easily take the two spots away from OSU and Clemson. Well, I don't see Ohio State losing a game, so... I don't know how that's going to happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I, I beg to differ. But anyway. We'll Notre Dame's at five, actually. Notre Dame is at five, and West Virginia is at six. Yes. Pardon me. Well, so they are, the fir- they are the first two teams. They are the top two teams on the outside looking in right now. And you know Georgia has some tough games coming up. Uh, you know Clemson has a couple big games. Bama and Ohio State have it a little easier. But, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it's Georgia that falls out and not Ohio State. I think it's Clemson that falls out. Well, if I'm, well, it could be both, but I think Clemson. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah Clemson I mean, could definitely fall out Clemson, with a rookie Clemson quarterback, basically. Forest, and who just went three. down last no. week, too, because of the concussions. Clemson is so unimpressive to me. Clemson did just win by 60 points. They did, but they they're just a steal. But it's Wake Forest, though. Yeah, so, I mean, look. Wake I mean, Forest almost beat Notre Dame. If I'm not Ohio mistaken. State, Ohio <laughs> State and Clemson still have some tough games down the road, especially Ohio State. Name one. Michigan, Michigan that, State. They, Michigan hasn't won in like a, I'm pretty sure a million years. I think that's a fact. Doesn't mean anything. Ohio like, State, you know as well as I, you know as well as I do. Guys, Harbaugh you know, can't be. You're talking about college football games right now. You have one and four Tulsa beating number 23 South Florida seven to three. 
Wow, barn burner. Yeah. So, <laughs> wait, can uh, we just? I'm I'm baffled. I saw this the other day that Kentucky is ranked. They've been good. They're good. They've been good. <laughs> good. Benny Snow. Benny Snow. The running back. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, what? I know. I don't think in my lifetime I would ever think I'd yeah, see Kentucky it's, it's in the top 25. Well, well, well things happen. Yeah, you got well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, you got it. <laughs> um, the other big Stuff thing happens. was Notre Dame blasted Virginia Tech on the road. And what's not shocking is that these teams won, but they all won on the road. Yeah, it's not easy Especially to win Virginia a road Tech college road. football game. Yeah, you, usually you against see, the ranked team. For me and Tom are big Notre Dame fan, so we watch the games every year, and Virginia Tech always gives us a problem, no, oh, yeah. matter, no matter if they're ranked or not ranked. And, Mike, you remember the game I was watching at your house when Deshaun Kaiser came in and just threw that last-second bomb. Oh, you, I thought that was Virginia. Either way, Virginia, Virginia Tech, <laughs> same thing. But Virginia Tech always gives Notre Dame a bad, uh, bad time, and You've seen these last three games of what uh, the difference in why Notre Dame has been winning these games, and it's the quarterback play of Ian Book. Ian Book has been phenomenal in yeah. these last couple of games. I think he just threw his first interception this week. I think, yeah, I think it was. And, look, I, it's no knock against Brandon Wimbush. He was great, but I didn't want him starting this year. Mm-hmm. I didn't want – I personally, I didn't want Ian Book start. I wanted the the freshman kid, Phil Jovajec, whatever his name is, to oh, you start. Just butcher that name. Man. Yeah, I don't know how to say his name. Um, but I wanted him starting, but... That was rough. <laughs> but, look, Ian Book has proven me wrong, and he's looking phenomenal in these yeah. past three games. He looked good against Stanford, and he looked good against Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Now you come in against Pittsburgh this week. Pittsburgh always gives us a bad time, no matter how many, no matter how, how good they are, how bad we are. Right. They'll always give us a bad time, so it's going to be a good game this week. Well, you look at Notre Dame and what they did to Virginia Tech, 45-23. to 23. I mean, that's just in- incredible. Um they outscored Virginia Tech 28-7 to in the second half. Um, Notre Dame was phenomenal. I mean, besides Hazleton, Virginia really didn't do much. Ryan Willis, yeah, he threw for 300 yards, but his quarterback rating was awful. Uh, Ian Book played so much better. Dexter Williams had 178 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. I mean, this guy is a stud, man. You look at him, and he's really a guy that a lot of people don't know about, but he's a senior. Yeah. He's a senior. He came in. He was in the same class uh, mm-hmm. class as uh, Josh Adams. And Josh oh, yeah. Adams, unfortunately, he was just a stud last year. And he took and left. To, yeah, he, took all, the, he yeah. took all the spotlight away from Dexter Williams and Tony Jones Jr. But now Dexter Williams, he com- finally comes back, and he just, right. he's shining like a star right now. Well, this now. team is led by veterans. You look at Miles Boykin, another senior. Yeah. Uh, I think he had a pair of receiving touchdowns uh, and over 100 yards on Saturday against them. And if you look at Notre Dame's remaining schedule, I mean, obviously USC is a big game. That's the last game of the season. But, I mean, right now, I mean, it doesn't, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to say anything too soon. But, I mean, Pittsburgh is a big game. Obviously, that's always a big game. As um, uh, Zach Parker in the studio here making me lose my train of thought. It is WCWP homecoming weekend. Baba booey, baba Zach. Booey. <laughs> Great to have you here. Zach used to work for the sports department as he brings in some pizza. Zach, would you like to say anything on our show here quick? Baba boy, baba boy. <laughs> Zach Parker um, moved down to Florida since graduating. So great to have you back here in the studio. All right, so this college football rankings right now, 1 through 10, you have Bama, Georgia, OSU, Clemson, Notre Dame, West Virginia, Washington, Penn State, who kind of jumped back into the top 10. Rounded out by Texas and UCF cracking the top ten. UCF gets no respect from the committee because their conference is just awful. 
Uh, and Notre Dame being ranked as high as they are as number five from an independent conference um, is yeah. quite surprising to me. But when these big teams, they need big teams to lose, and right now big teams are losing. You know, it's going to be tough down the road because if Notre Dame does keep this pace up, it always comes back that they don't play in a conference championship game, and it's going to be it's going to bite tough. them in the butt. Yeah, it is. I, I just I just don't understand why they just don't join the ACC at this point. The the basketballs in the ACC, everything else in, in Notre Dame yeah, is in the ACC, man, but football. Uh, I completely agree. I it just don't. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, I know. Big games this week: number two Georgia at number thirteen LSU, number seven Washington. Against number seventeen Oregon, that should be interesting. Um, what do you got, Herbert, the quarterback in Oregon? Yeah, he's he's playing really good this year. I've been looking at early twenty nineteen uh, draft prospects, and he's looking like number one yeah, right now. Somebody the Giants might consider if their season keeps going the way. It is. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's, we'll, it's, I mean, we're, we're getting into we're the Giants. Into oh, we're going to get into the Giants. Oh, we're going to get. But we're, I mean, we're going to rip the Giants a new one. But did the Giants anyway, play? I'm <laughs> guys. Uh, college football, guys. Um, Michigan State at Penn State. I don't care what the rankings are. That's always a big game. Yeah, that's uh, what I was trying State to tell Mike before. With Trace McSorley, Love that um, guy. Sanders has been great this season. He he's been really good. Sanders, I really like what he's brought to the table. Uh, Tra- I mean, I like Trace McSorley a lot. I mean, Trace first McSorley first of all, great. great name. It's just a great name overall. Is, is that, he a senior? I'm not too sure. Yeah, he's a he senior. A senior. Okay. He's a senior. He'll be growing to the draft this year. So I mean, he, he's a good prospect too. He mean. He can definitely throw the deep ball. His, his accuracy is a little, and he yeah, can run. He can run. He can run too. So I mean, he's not bad, and he can run. It, right, a mobile quarterback. Yeah, he had 125, he had 125 yards, I believe, two games ago running. Yeah, so. if he's good. Maybe that's someone the Giants could look at. Yeah. Ooh, now we absolutely. we drafted. Nah, I we mean, drafted Justin Herbert. We drafted. No, if uh, I mean we're gonna get into the we'll Giants. We'll get into that. We'll get into. I'm gonna say it right now. The Gi- if the Giants don't draft Will Greer, they're nuts. Back to college foot. Ball. I told uh, I said Will Greer. Wisconsin <laughs> ranked number fifteen at Michigan. Wisconsin's got to find a way back up if they have any shot. I think they're virtually out, but yeah. you know it's tough because they're on the road against Michigan. That might be another another loss, despite Michigan being unranked. Was, Michigan's always a tough team to play at home, and then number nineteen Colorado at USC. Yeah, USC tough year this year. I mean, they got they got the freshman quarterback in um, yeah. JD Daniels. But I mean, I think in the long run, it's it's the right move, and he'll be he'll be fine down the road. All right, folks, that will do it for our first hour of the show. We're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, our team of the week, and we'll talk about the fight. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org and MyWCWP.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Chris Klimazewski, Mike Dawes, and Kyle Russo here in the studio. It is the top of the hour. Um, and before we get to our team of the week, you know, we Drew Brees breaking. This is related to our college football segment. Drew Brees went to Purdue and, you know, broke the record for passing yards last week. Um, coming out of high school, Drew, Drew Brees was only recruited by two colleges, Purdue and Kentucky. Fun fact. Wow. That was fun. That was fun, yeah. Only two? Really? Like, yeah. no, not even, like, yeah. D2 schools or anything like that? Or, like, those well, even... I'm sure he got into those schools, too, but... Um, what a guy. Yeah. No, absolutely. Let's get to our team of the week. Uh, I am wasting little to no time. Notre Dame again, beating VT on the road. 
45-23. You beat a team of that caliber, ranked on the road, by 20-plus points. Oh, that's absolutely my team of the week. And Ian Book's been super impressive. And when you jump from, what, what was it, 7-5 to five and 6-5, yeah. to five, whatever it was, that's big, mid-season in college football. This is a team that last year struggled at times towards the end of the season. They lost two big all-pro uh, and an all-American offensive lineman, uh, Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey. Uh, they lost them. Josh Adams, you know, this is a team. They're dealing with some adversity, and they've overcome it. And I think yeah. week by week they're getting better and better. They're my team of the week. I'm going to go with baseball and the Houston Astros, who just ran their way through the ALDS versus the Indians. So, you know, yeah, so the Houston Astros, I mean, they did everything perfect. So that's my team of the week. I'm going to go with football, and I'm going to pick the Jets. Oh, I'm such a bad Jet, fan. Look, yeah, bad fan. <laughs> but, you, look, the Jets, they literally dominated this game from start to finish. Maybe not start to finish, but, like, after that fumble recovery, after that fumble by blah, blah, it was all Jets from there on out. I mean, Sam Darnold looked good. Blah Powell breaking the franchise rushing record of 290. What did I say? Blah Powell. Oh, yeah. The, fan, the people knew what I meant. <laughs> Correll uh, breaking the record with 219 yards. Blah Powell he adding that. Ni- he broke. I have to interrupt you because he broke Thomas Jones's record. That's your man's. I'm heartbroken. That's your man's right there. Player ever. All right, I'm done. Uh, yeah, Blah Powell having uh, 99 yards on the ground as well. Uh, Robbie Anderson finally looked like Robbie Anderson this week 123 yards and, uh, t- and two touchdowns. No, one touchdown, excuse me. No, it was two. two It was two? Okay. Oh, my goodness. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Mike, I have a comment on your team of the week, the Houston Astros. Okay. Um, So this series coming up with the Red Sox. Yes. Did you know, did you know that there are 211 combined wins between the Red Sox and the Astros? That's tied for the second most in postseason history. Wow. What's the first? What's the first? I did not go that far into my stat digging. But, All right. Um, That's why I'm excited for that series because two yeah. very good teams. Yeah. No, All right. Absolutely. So my team of the week is the New Orleans Saints and has nothing to do with the team win, although that was spectacular, 43-19 to against the Washington Redskins. But Drew Brees, man, Drew Brees is a legend. He's a GOAT. He's a top five in my book. It's the boat. 26-29, 20, 363 yards, three what? touchdowns. Get into that after you finish that. I'll explain what boat means after. Leads uh, the division and wins. Uh, doing it at age 39 years old. Not only did he break the passing yards all time, but granted, week seven when they play Baltimore, he is one touchdown away from joining the 500 club, which means 500 passing touchdowns. Yeah. This New Orleans Saints team. I mean, if they go on to win a Super Bowl, I mean, I don't, I don't know where that puts Drew Brees in my top five because I have him mm-hmm. in my top five. But if he wins right. another Super Bowl. You might go into my top three. He's... Fair enough. Okay, yeah. Boat means, you know how goat means greatest of all time? Right. Boat means best of all time. Oh. All right. You copyright that? No. Part go. of my take did. <laughs> all right. So, team of the week is over. We're going to spend two minutes on the fight. We got to keep this short, guys. Oh, uh, Saturday night. All right. I have, three, I have a three, lot to say about three this minutes. Uh, Conor McGregor versus Khabib. Uh, don't even want to try pronouncing his first name. Um yeah, ignore what I have written down on the script, guys. Uh, <laughs> but this fight, I, you know, Chris told me before we went live, M- M- <laughs> McGregor won round three. I was shocked to hear that because 
McGregor was on his rear end the entire fight. I mean, this is this was just good strategy by Khabib, regardless of your opinion on the guy. He kept him on the on the ground, and M- McGregor only absorbed so much. I remember I was watching the fight outside at a bar with a couple friends, but um, it just got to the point where um, McGregor kept battling. He kept overcoming adversity until the point where he had a tap out. Otherwise, Khabib would have broke his neck. Yeah. He, he, he would have broke his neck in that hold. You can see that McGregor didn't want to tap out. Yeah, it's... I'll, I'll give you my whole thing on the fight. Look. Yeah, let's hear your two cents. I'll have my... I'll give you three quickly, cents. Quickly, Ooh. I didn't know you could choke in UFC. You could, do, any, it's literally, you could do literally anything. Um, but, yeah. I'll, look, we all knew Khabib was a great wrestler coming in, and we all knew Conor was a great striker. I mean, but it just so happened to be that Khabib's... Ground game in wrestling was just way better than uh, Conor McGregor's striking, Fair and that's enough. what you saw in each of the each of the rounds. You saw the first round; they exchanged a couple punches. Conor got some punches in there, but uh, it got to the point where Khabib got, took a took a shot, took him down, and just uh, ha- had him on the ground for the whole round. So it ultimately went to Khabib in the first round. Same thing as the second round. Khabib again took him down. And nailed him actually with a nice right hook yeah. by Khabib, which Connor, I was I was stunned that he almost Same. lost balance on that on that. But he, he caught his balance, got back up, and actually kneed uh, Khabib uh, right in the face. But again, Khabib took him down again. Third round is where I was actually shocked by Connor because Connor actually won that round. That was the first time Khabib's ever lost a round in his UFC career. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, Connor, he had a good round. He was undefeated. Right? Yeah. He's undefeated. He's twenty seven and zero. He was twenty six and zero coming into that fight, but that was the first time he was ever taken down and lost a round in the UFC. Right. And I'm actually shocked that Conor was able to do that after getting nailed in the face yeah. in so many rounds. Kudos to him, man. And then in the fourth round, where it all went downhill for Conor McGregor. I mean, look again. Khabib's ground game is just way better than Conor oh, striking. Yeah. Took him down. Got him in the rear naked choke. Choked him out. And, I mean, are we going to talk about what happened? Well, obviously, we're going to talk about what happened after, right? Yeah, let's talk about it right now, actually. All right, so. I've got nothing more to say about that besides the aftermath. Uh, actually, let's you hear, want me? Okay, so take. coming up into this fight, these guys do not like each other at all. It all, sure. start, it all started with the uh, way before the bus incident, but the bus incident was very bad on Conor McGregor's part, throwing the dolly at the thing and everything like that. Everyone knows that story. So coming into this fight, they're going back, jawing back and forth all week with press conferences and this and that on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. After the fight, so Khabib spits on Connor after the fight and is taunting Connor right over them. And I get that, okay? You don't like the guy. You want to spit in his face. You want to, like, literally, like, choke him out to, like, where he's, like, turning purple. I, okay, like, you don't like the guy. I get that. But to literally jump out of the ring and almost curb stomp Connor's ju- <laughs> uh Dan Dennis, Connor's jiu-jitsu coach, that's, you got no class there. I don't care what you say. I don't care what Connor did in the past. I don't care what Connor says. You do not perform that stuff. In, in the, you, you cannot do that because there are literally civilians in that front row. You, if you watch, for people who watch the fight, Chris Pratt, Robert, Robert Kraft, uh, Rory McIlroy, we're all sitting in the front row. God forbid Khabib kicked one of those guys in the face or um, – Mike, imagine no, if, no, no. if Bob Kraft no took class. a foot to the I'm face. Sorry. Oh, God. He's, he's, he's an awful human being. 
I yeah. hope I never see him on live TV again. Look, I, I, I like, I, I know, Con- like, you can make arguments for both sides. I know, I, I know Connor is a bad guy as well too. But Con- but when Connor loses, he takes it with ver- uh, what he takes it with honor. Like he take, he doesn't. When he lost to Nate Diaz the first time, he was like, okay, Nate Diaz got me. He beat me. Whatever. When he lost to Floyd Mayweather, he, same thing again. He respected. He shook Floyd Mayweather's hand after the fight, whatever. And if you saw Connor McGregor was just literally sitting back and was just like. Well, I lost. You know, the, he got the best of me. It was a good fight, blah, 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 whatever. But, I mean, the audacity to literally go out and fight Connor's, Connor's coaches. I mean, come on. And Connor wasn't even fighting back. Um, I've never been to a UFC fight, but isn't the first, like, three rows like SeaWorld? It's a splash zone, right? <laughs> no. It's not? It's, no. Wow. No, it's not. It's but, I mean, look, you cannot do that. It's so unclassful. And the, the, the news came out today. That Connor and him are both getting suspended, which is absolutely correct. I think Khabib should get suspended, but I don't think Connor should get suspended at all. He literally had nothing to do with I this. I don't think so either. I, I mean, if you want to suspend him for a month, I mean, like, just for, like, okay, but, like, I mean, I think Jeff, I mean, Jeff, wow. I think Dana White did it best at the end of the He did not give uh, Khabib the belt to walk out with because he probably would have. Who knows what all the Irish fans would have done in the stands? I mean, look, he was getting beer tossed at him walking out. I can only imagine, and rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. rightfully so. I mean, I can only. Pff, I, I just Tom, did you watch that video that I sent you two days ago about Khabib? I did not. All right, so I don't know if you guys heard about this, but there was a video released about Khabib when he was like a uh, five, seven years old. Oh, wrestling the bear. He wrestled a bear. Yeah. He wrestled and beat the bear. Yeah, that's that's Russia. I mean, <laughs> that's Russia. Are crazy. Oh my. That's Russia. I remember I five-year-olds, you know, that would do that. Oh, I have a thing on Khabib here. Khabib Nur Magomedov has threatened Nurmagodov. to leave the UFC. We talked about the, pro- yeah. the promotion cuts with his teammate, uh, Tukahov, and basically UFC 229's uh, post-fight melee, which was just horrible. Uh, Chris, you know, you brought it up. McGregor has three losses now. Yeah, he has three. Yeah, well, technically he has... Uh, he has uh, f- four losses now. He had two early on in his UFC, his mixed martial arts career, which no one even knows about now. But he lost. He did lose to Nate Diaz yeah, originally, where Mayweather. he had to move up, where he moved up to 170. He lost to Floyd Mayweather, and now, and now he lost to uh, Khabib. Khabib, right. which is, but I mean, look, this was gonna, this was gonna be a great fight, and no one's gonna remember how good this fight actually was just because of what went on after. Because nobody cares at this point. I mean, all they care about is the post brawl. All yeah. right. I care about what Derek Lewis said to Joe Rogan. That was hilarious. Um, I mean, I can't say that stuff on air. But So, <laughs> uh, the New York Giants lose two football games in four days. Um, we're going to spend about 20 minutes on the Giants. <laughs> um, all right. So, we suck. <laughs> you know, and Kyle Russo said it best last week in the exact same words. Like, this football team is bad. I mean... Let let's let's get to the nuts and bolts here. I mean, you come back against Carolina late. These boneheaded defenders making penalties. Not just the not just put Carolina field position on that drive, but the whole game. For instance, if you think about it, I mean, B.J. Goodson, Ogletree, Norris Jenkins, Eli. You could go down the whole list. B.W. Webb is awful. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, look, you had this game won. That Landon Collins play was a sixty-three yard field goal. That Landon Collins play was B.S. It was. That was B.S. Yeah. Well, look you. Yeah, you you talk about the one the one call where I think McCaffrey got the ball on fourth down, or it was either yeah that too they didn't even, they didn't even review short. it he was they didn't even review short. it and plus it would have taken another uh, 
10 seconds off the clock. But look, I'm not blaming it on that one call. The Giants shouldn't have put themselves in that position. I understand it was a bad call, but that could have been avoided. Um, this was a game where Odell Beckham finally scored his first touchdown of the season. Uh, look, Saquon Barkley had another great game on Sunday. Uh, look, regardless if the ground game is going or not, he fights every game. He fights for those yards. He gets pat. He gets balls thrown to him in the air. I think he is honestly the only good bright spot about this team right now. And yeah, um, it's just it's definitely a rough going for a football team that, as of Sunday, went one and four. We'll get to their loss last night earlier. But Eli Manning had two picks in this game. The 57-yard touchdown pass with Odell Beckham making his comments. Oh, maybe I should throw the football. Well, you got the chance to throw it on that reverse, the 57-yard touchdown strike to Saquon Barkley. But if you're Odell Beckham, I wouldn't complain. You caught eight balls, a buck 30, and a touchdown in this game. Finally, well-deserved touchdown. Saquon Barkley, four for 81 and two touchdowns. Barkley's a beast. I think he's on pace to get over uh, 2,000 yards combined this season. Easily. Rushing and pay. He'll easily, easily. eclipse 1,000 uh, receiving yards. He's I the third ever player to uh, accomplish 100-plus uh, scrimmage yards I got one thing game. to say about this game, though. Cam, Cam Newton didn't look too good either. No. He really didn't. I mean, he threw two picks as well, the one to Jenkins and then the one to Curtis Riley. Yeah. I thought the Giants contained McCaffrey on the ground pretty well. Uh, there wasn't big numbers for any receiver. But, you know, the big problem was Mike Adams with those two picks. I mean, he's a solid guy to have in the secondary. Yeah. And Cam Newton only had 29 rushing yards. The Giants beat themselves in this game. You know, they no, the, they, that's, they outscored that's not... Carolina 18-13. I, I, I think so. If you don't commit those the penalties. Team, the team that beat the Giants is the referees on the field. That's no. who beat the Giants. No. That's who beat that's the Giants. so wrong. You don't commit those penalties, man. <laughs> That's to beat the Giants. Kyle? Kyle? That's to beat the Giants, man. Odell Beckham Jr. is a big problem on this team. It's a chaotic atmosphere. No. He is the worst player on this team. Oh, my God. He, I mean, he he, Tom. He, he does not deserve to gown this blue uniform that they wear every week, blue, red, and white. You guys agree with me on oh, this, right? 100%. Odell Beckham Jr. completely changed the culture downhill. It's going to end Eli's career in a bad way. I'd rather have Eli Manning 24-7 than Odell Beckham for one second. That's, I agree, Odell Beckham. That is, Where does he get off? How about that? Thoughts? My thoughts on this <laughs> is how, how, could you even, how could you even say that? How could you even say that? I just with, this game, I just with this game, I just I'm not even it. talking about the Carolina I game. The Carolina it. game, I thought the Eagles game I'd never be able to get over last Ooh, year. But this game, this game is terrible. If we look at this Eagles game last night. This is disgusting. You know who got 13 points last night for us? Saquon Barkley. He put us in field goal position twice, and he scored the touchdown. The reason why we're in this position is because of one guy. One guy right now. If you can't get him the ball, I don't care who you are. This comparison's to Jerry Rice with Odell. This comparison's to Jerry Rice with Odell. You have people comparing Saquon Barkley to Barry Sanders, and you can't get them the ball? That's a problem. That is a severe... You're 23 of what, 43? That's a problem. With one pick and a fumble, that is a problem. That is a big problem. This Eagles team is not great. Do you admit that Odell Beckham is part of the problem, though? I believe. Tom, when oh, you look at this oh, game in comparison, Beckham, uh, Tom, when you look at this two game going into the locker room, when you look at these two games, when you look at look what it took for Pat 
for Pat Shermer you really to bring out of his play. Look what he did against Carolina, the playbook-wise. Look what he did against the Eagles. What is it going to take Odell to say every game for him to put together a playbook? We went right back to the same stuff. We went right back to the same stuff, and we got our butt whooped. Handed to us. Oh. Halftime, what was it, 26 to Look, Eli six? is starting to go downhill, but the offensive line is so bad. How many times can we blame it on the O-line? How many times? You can, Until you they fix it. I mean, is it not He's better than last year? How are we reason. performing worse than last year when we had a checking down because Odell players. Beckham is an old, he has, he's checking down. He's open. He has no time. Sometimes he's open. He doesn't he have field visions. He does not, not have field vision. Oh, he has I'm no more field vision. This feels good. He has no more field vision. You're going to blame this on Eli Manning? Carson Wentz throws three touchdown passes. This is the guy who's just coming off being out for a while. Forty-three. Carson Wentz. No, I'm not blaming. E- Understand this. I'm not blaming Eli for the loss. I'm blaming Eli for the point that we can't score in the end zone, in the red zone. The fact that 13 He's points on this better. team, he 13 has to points. Get Correct. But it all starts up front. Look at the Tom. Picks we had a over, we have a run years. game. James we have a Brewer, run game. Brandon Mosley, Eric Flowers, who just got cut this week. Yes, Pew and Richburg were good, but they were never healthy. Tom, we have a run game, right? John Jerry. We have a run John game. Jer- so you can't blame the out. You cannot blame the yards last night for Barkley. Yes, but the pass blocking is not as good as the run blocking is. Saquon Barkley, what's one thirty plus ninety nine, guys? That's two twenty. Two twenty, right? Two twenty nine. Saquon Barkley had two twenty nine all purpose yards last night. Yeah, he's the only bright spot about this team. I'll give you that easy. I'll give you that easy. Um, but look, Odell Beckham lost the fumble in this game that he shouldn't have lost. One bright spot. Vernon came back. He got a sack. He had two quarterback hits. It was great to have Vernon back on the field. That's another thing. How do we become worse on defense with one of our best tacklers on the field? I'm going to say one thing. The reason why the locker room is in chaos right now is not because of Eli Manning. It's because of Odell Beckham Jr. No. It's because of Odell Beckham Jr. No. Odell Beckham Jr. will sit on my fantasy team next week on my bench. I don't care if he puts up 35 points, if he puts up zero points, if he puts up 8,000 points. Is it a money league? Odell Is it a money league? Yes. And Odell oh, Beckham. That's, that, that, that's, that's dumb. That's a bad, that's come, a on, I mean, come on, Tom. Come on, Tom. Come on, Tom. Overwinning. No, I mean, Tom. My, here's I the mean, character. Dawes drafted Tom Brady. I mean. Here's the character. You do what you got to do. Yeah, but here's the character. <laughs> this is why Odell's getting pissed. What player? He signed five years of his life to this team. He signed five kidding? years of his life he to this team. He just said he wanted out, though. Because he's an unbelievable person. No, because he wants to win. And he knows that they are wasting his one touchdown for Odell in six weeks. Is that acceptable? Is that acceptable? This big nuisance on air. Oh, I want to win. I want out of New York. No. So he wants to win so bad. Why did he sign back? Why would he resign? Eli Manning is a true New York football giant. He wants to be on this team. He wants to win. He never opens his mouth. More, more That's the problem. When, when he Craig, Show like, some aggression. Show some passion. Did benched him and said bad things? No. no. He sat there and took it because that what was that's what he thought, what they thought, not what he thought, but what they thought was best for the team, and he respected that as the franchise quarterback and did it with class. Am I wrong? No. Chris and Mike, what, what are your thoughts on these putrid New York football giants? You want to go first, Mike? Or? I just, you know, Odell, is, he's not helping in any way. I mean, yeah, on the field, kind of, but like the, the locker room is in bad shape, and suspect number one is Odell Beckham. Yes, that's agree there. I mean, on the field, he's doing good. I mean, you know what? Against no, he's Ca- not. Against Carolina, he had 132 yeah. yards, and he had 44 yards last night because they don't give him the ball. Because Eli has no time to throw downfield. Eli has plenty of time most of the time. The times that Eli, he is open. Do you think Eli is the type to not intentionally throw yeah. Odell? <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
Eli- he targeted him ten times. He just Look, missing him. Russell Shepard was out. Him and Cody Latimer were missing. Oh, come on, Tom. Russell Shepard. Come on. Shepherd come on. Saquon Barkley. The Where's the game. excuse there for missing no 20 of his passes? There was no Red Ellison. There was no Evan. Where's Ingram. the excuse for fumbling the ball? Where's the excuse for being immobile? Where's the excuse for There's no excuse for, lo- for that. That's not what I'm saying. That's the reason. You have your two starting tight ends out, guys, right? Am I wrong? Your two starting tight ends are out. Odell Beckham Jr. becomes target number one, which opens things up for Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard. That's where Manning And yet Sterling did nothing. And if it wasn't for Saquon running 50-plus yards almost every single time. We had 401 yards of offense last night. We had had more yards of offense than the Eagles did. 229 of those came from Saquon Barkley. That means nothing. That means nothing. How does it mean Look at a player. Look at a player like Julio Jones, right? He could have all the yardage you want. He has one one touchdown. throw Barkley the ball. He has yeah, one touchdown. He has zero touchdowns, actually. Julio has zero yes, touchdowns. Oh, okay. First grade class. Okay. Just chime in. <laughs> um, what if Eli is sending a message to Odell and oh, just? Oh, come on, that's why Chris. That's come on. <laughs> come on. Hey, man. Come on. Um, no, look, I mean, look, Eli's. Not- he has no Chris, field vision yeah, anymore. Chris has the floor here. Let's look. I mean. What I mean, what what was the difference three years ago when the when the Giants made the playoffs? You can't say you can't make the excuse that they had an O line back. The then. difference was nobody knew how to approach the defense. That's the difference. They didn't score thirty points one time that season. The difference was the defense was locked down. It was new because nobody knew how to read it because they had one of the best corners in the league. They had one of the best run stuffers in the league, and they had be- one of the best guys to get to the quarterback. You wanna, in, the league, in Vernon, you, you want to have a fun moment? The Dallas Cowboys signed Darian Thompson. I. I have a fun fact. Not yeah. Oh, yes. Let's go. Fun okay. fact. Since the Giants stepped on, I that did boat, send that to you. Four and nineteen. Since they stepped on that boat. Yes. Odell Beckham. Oh come on. He stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and there was reports this week. If not traded by four p.m., Eric Flowers is going to get cut, and he did because not even Dave Gettleman, who most Giants fans think, which I think they're wrong, is the mastermind of making these moves. You don't sit there and cut half your team after the fifty-three man roster is finalized. Oh, that ruins that, yeah. the chemistry on the whole team. You trade Brett Jones, who's your best backup offensive lineman. He should be starting at center right now. Good thing John Greco emerged, and it's been a great addition to this offensive line. I mean, Vic DiVendetto said it best. You got the offensive line. That's the major issue on this team. They waste so many draft picks. The new regime is trying to make up because the Giants drafted so bad, they're overpaying for these prize free agents. That's as not good it. As Nate Solder Nate is, that's not it. Okay. That's not it. Nate Solder. Yeah, that's why the prime. Patriots got rid of him. When the Patriots yeah. get rid of a player, there's something wrong with him. Okay? Yeah. That's go- not it. It's go- not it. What? Okay, look at last night's game, for instance, right? What are you talking about? Look at last night's game, for what instance. What are you talking about? Look at last right night's now. game. You take Saquon out of the equation, we lose 34 0. That's, that's the problem. Our quarterback can't connect. In the red zone, he can't connect with his receivers. Kyle Russo. He was hurried 19 times last night. The Giants picked Eric Flowers ninth overall in the 2015 draft. Do you know who was the pick right after Eric Flowers? I know. Todd Gurley. Todd I know. Gurley. You don't think I think about that a lot? <laughs> I think about that almost. As a Giants fan, that haunts me. That haunts me. This is what I think the Giants should have done. Okay, look, you can say back, oh, they should have drafted Josh Rosen, one of the quarterbacks. No. What they should have done was they should have traded back in the draft. Got an offensive lineman, no. and then got another offensive lineman no. in the second round, like they did. Because no, then we'd have no offense. Well, then we'd have no. No, because then you Barkley can grab another player no. in the draft. I mean, look, my my thing is this: if Barkley is not there, they're taking a quarterback. They have to at number Absolutely. two. Absolutely, yeah, no doubt. No, I, yeah, I agree. No, agreed, one hundred percent. But I think the Giants should have traded back. 
built up that offensive line, which is putrid, and you could easily got a second round running back, uh, a, a second, uh, a running back in the second round like Darius Geis. I mean, you didn't know he was going to tear his ACL before this happened. Or you could have got Chubb. Nick Chubb or Nick Chubb in the second round, and you easily could have gotten another first round pick in that round because you would have traded back, and you would probably stacked on another second round pick and possibly another third round pick. So the Giants, that, that's what I personally think the Giants should have done. No. Yeah, they should have taken Barkley a hundred times out of a hundred times. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and the it's, problem it's hard is this Barkley, is the problem. There, there, there was no choice. This is the problem. First off, I don't understand. I mean, I was hyped on Shermer, but he might have worse offensive calling than McAdoo. He really might. No, I don't understand he, how you go. What? How do you go from making plays in Carolina to going right back to the same stuff that kept you losing for the last five games that you had the week before Carolina? Did you see what Pat Shermer did on the sideline? Did you read his lips in that one video? No, on that no, one I did not. E- Do tell him on that one pass Eli threw. I think James sent it in the stat. He chat. He's like, throw the ball. But that's one time. <laughs> that's one time they caught it on camera. He, he's oh. not saying that every time about his quarterback. <laughs> Pat Shermer will deny any. Because this is the situation that he's in now. Who? He's Shermer? in a situation, Shermer, where every day now. His job is up for grabs. It really is. It truly is because he How is it has, up for grabs. He's putting the. Six. He's doing the same thing that McAdoo did. What? He's doing the he's same doing thing. The same thing McAdoo he's did. doing the same thing. How is he doing? The he's same putting thing? the quarterback that doing? gives him the best what chance he to win. Here's the problem, though. This quarterback can't get his receivers the ball. He can't do it. Who Tom, he cannot do this anymore. You have not brought up the offensive line in, in the last five minutes. Tom, because we replaced every single thing, and every single thing is better than we had years before, and we're managing to play worse. We're managing to play worse. You're telling me an undrafted rookie free agent starting at right tackle, a career-long backup in John Greco who started for the Cleveland Browns, and Patrick Obane who they signed in offseason. You're reshuffling this offensive line. It's better. It is better. And we're playing worse. Start the year. And we're playing worse. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's the offensive line coach. Maybe he's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think let, me, let me say this. Okay. When we watched the Carolina game, you Kyle. saw plays that Shermer had not done Kyle. at all. And then uh, we go right back to the same Scott garbage. Simonson started at tight end last night. Who? Okay, you, from you Division Two Assumption College. Exactly. He went to Assumption. Fun fact. That was well, fun. Yeah. See, see, yeah, I, cool. see, I like that when was we fun. digress and go on a tangent for a moment <laughs> just to get away from the fact. That I'm the just Giants so happy this isn't the Jets. Really like, I know. So I know. I that's I another think. thing. Um, Where's the uh, excuse for the Giants being worse than the Jets who have two wins, worse than the whoa. Bills who have two wins, and worse than the Browns whoa, 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 who have two whoa, whoa, wins? Whoa, 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 Where's the excuse? There is no excuse. Hold on. That's hold the problem. Hold the, hold the phones. Okay. I'm sorry, but the I had to. The phone. Any final thoughts on the Giants here? Oh, yeah. One minute. Oh, what's. Oh, oh he's got this a trash is the New York guy. Football Giants, ladies guy. and gentlemen. This is Wait, the New whoa. York Football Giants. I don't know where he's going with that. Okay. I thought, oh, I thought oh he was leaving. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I thought he was going to come beat up Tom um, or something. I didn't know. What no, he was Tom, doing. I love you, brother. <laughs> no, absolutely. We got to have this talk for the show. We do have a caller. He there you possibly, go. Possibly, we'll see. That might have been picked up in studio too. But Mike it was. Check it anyway. Um, so stop ringing. I've got to say one thing. Uh, they're playing the Atlanta Falcons on the road on Monday night. Loss. The Major. Giants, the, Atlanta hasn't been playing great either. Yeah, they have. They've been scoring. The defense just yeah, sucks. They're, still, yeah, they're, 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 they're still losing, and their teams are hurt. Yeah, they literally have. They literally um, lost both of their second, uh, both of their safeties, the, and their middle and linebacker. Can look the the Giants. Deion Jones, yeah. Uh, Deion Jones, or yeah, whoever. Excuse me. Um, look, the Giants have eleven days to think about this and get it right. The Giants were close against Carolina on Sunday. They played the Eagles in a short week. 
that loss wasn't ex- that lost was there was still a little dry taste in their mouths from Sunday. Obviously, you saw it and it affected their performance. This team is not going anywhere this season again. But I will say they should still finish better than three and thirteen. I think you're going to see some wins in the second half of the season. I don't think you are. Schedule- really don't. I mean, this Bears team is better. The Colts team has Andrew Luck back. This Titans team is better. Wow. So going one and fifteen. Wow. I'm not I, saying I, one I and fifteen. I'm saying two and fourteen because we should we should beat the 49ers. Are you saying but two and fourteen? I'll I'm write saying, that down right now. Two and fourteen. Right call it. Two Are and fourteen. You like Actually, you know what? what is going no, I said go five three. wins at the beginning of the yeah. season. Is this review and preview? This is no. This is reality. Did, this is reality. Let me ask you a question. They play the Falcons and then they play the Redskins and they have the bye week. Do you think that Eli is going to be the quarterback starting yes. against yes. the 49ers yes. in Week Ten? You, you, you're you're not going to throw out there Alex Tanny, Kyle Walletta. If, no if you don't start Walletta until the Giants are officially out, out, they are out, out. They well, can't score more than 18 points. The, the, the division leader three has points. three wins. Yeah. They're out. What? They're out. What? They're out. They're garbage, Tom. They put up 13 points what last night. What the Chargers did last year? They started 0-4 and finished 9-7. and Because they couldn't complete games. Then they figured something out halfway down the thing. We can't even start games. We can't even start games. We can't even start games. We can't play first quarter. We can't play second. We can't play third. We can't play fourth. You need a beginning, a middle, and end. That's just common grade school. Right. We are terrible. Let's. Um, we, we have another show before the Falcons game, but... Uh, Enough on the Giants. We're going to step aside for our final break of the evening. When we come back, we will talk about the Jets and review and preview this week's big games. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside Chris Klimazewski, Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes. Hello, Facebook Live. We Hello. thank you for joining us. Uh, you can call in still, 516-299-2030. Uh, phone lines are up for another seven minutes before they close. Uh, we'll get to the Jets quick here before we review and preview the big games. Uh, we will not be spending 20 minutes on the Jets, just so you know. Uh, glad we got a lot of uh, heat off of our chest right there. That was very was much a lot, I felt a lot of anger coming from Kyle. everyone here in the studio. Guys, um, it's been a bad week for me in sports. Two giant <laughs> losses, Yankee loss, and my Miami Heat blew a trade with Jimmy Butler. And it's been bad. See, uh, it's been bad. This is me and Mike's whole so, life here, okay? Guys, it's been rough. A whole, um, a whole sporting life is other than Mike's Ohio State fandom. Guys, uh, regaining our focus here, uh, the New York Jets will be playing the Indianapolis Colts this week. But before we get to that, um, Isaiah Crowell had a record-setting performance on Sunday against the Denver Broncos at home. I mean, you know, a guy who played for the Cleveland Browns. Um, he's always been a pretty good running back, but a guy who comes to the Jets and rushed for a whopping 219 yards on just 15 carries. I mean, that really speaks volumes. I mean, look, Isaiah Crowell is no Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley or, you know, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, but, man, this is really impressive. He set the team mark for yards rushing in a single game. Yes. Every time he got the ball, like, he he said to reporters he thought it could be a big play, and that was because of the offensive line. Offensive line was good. They did their part. They did it. Look, I mean, coming into this season, the Jets' offensive line was in question with the Giants' offensive line. 
It was like, oh, Beecham wasn't starting at the beginning of the season. We had Brent Qualley starting at left tackle. Then it was James Carpenter, Spencer Long, Brian Winters, and Brandon Shell. Yeah. And personally, I thought our our offensive line wasn't awful. Beecham had a good season last year and not being injured. We, James Carpenter is good. Spencer Long is eh. Um, I, I'm a huge Brian Winters fan. I think he's very underrated. But, I mean, and Brandon Shell, I think, is underrated as well, too, at right <laughs> oh tackle. Oh, my gosh, no. This offense line is not good, but they are they're, they're very good at run blocking. They cannot pass block. Um including Branch. Crowell was named AFC Offensive Player of the Week and FedEx Ground Player of the Week. I mean, he just looks solid. I mean, and this and this is against the good defense too in the in the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. They won 34-16 and um it was really the 21-point second quarter that really set uh created the distance in this game cuz guys Case Keenum nearly threw for 400 yards. Yeah. When does Case Keenum throw for 400 yards? The defense needs some work. I mean, yeah, you have two great receivers and Thomas and Sanders still there, but Darnold in this game, he didn't throw the ball much. Um, he had three touchdowns on just 10 completions. I mean, his completion percentage was under 50%, but I'm sorry. You talk about Crowell getting over 200 yards, but well, Powell had a 100-yard game. He had 20 carries, 99 yards. Yeah, I mean, look, he, look I always have this argument with this guy at my internship that he's always he's he's sold on the Jets don't have good running backs. I'm like, are you crazy? Like I, I literally I literally have yeah. no. screaming matches with this guy. I'm like, are you crazy? The Jets don't have good running backs. Like they have decent running backs. Like mm-hmm. I think they got two good ones. They have two. Yeah, they oh, do. I think so too. It's not great. This not great. No, but they have good running backs where they don't need to go out and get like the rumors were Le'Veon Bell. I didn't want Le'Veon I want Bell. Le'Veon. I don't even want to sign him. To I don't. Honest. Yeah, neither do I. It's wasted money that yeah. we don't need at running back. Mm-hmm. You guys have like ninety million dollars in cap. Yeah, but we need. Yeah, five but we can use that ninety million dollars in cap towards something that we need. Like five new offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they win thirty-four to sixteen against Denver. Robbie Anderson had two touchdowns. Marcus May had a great game. Uh, I think he was one of the stars on that defense for sure. Avery Williamson, Perry Nickerson. I mean, these guys have been doing a good job. The two sacks from Leonard Williams, he's been great. Uh, but there are some signs of concern as Tremaine Johnson and uh, Buster Screen, they're both ruled out this week yeah. against the Colts, right? I yeah. saw Tremaine was doubtful, but, you know, it's practically out. Yeah, and and Screen has been uh, out for a concussion. Um, it's tough because you saw how Case Keenum lit us up last week. But definitely missing Tremaine Johnson yeah. is uh, tough. But our other corners like... Mo Claiborne, Perry Nicholson, Daryl Roberts. He's been good. Daryl Roberts has been solid ever since we drafted him. He's well, been ha- solid. He's never been like the number two guy. So yeah. So I mean, like he's been a solid four or five guy, but step up, man. Yeah, exactly. Now it's time to step up. Yeah. I've got to say a couple things. The Jets really opened up the playbook in this game. Oh yeah. They yes. ran nine different running concepts. You know, you talk about the halfback slam, the toss sweep, the inside zone run, but the passing concepts too. Uh, Sam Darnold, they really got the curl wrap, the curl and the flat down to perfection, I thought. And the arrow slants, too. Those are two routes that, you know, you got to throw, you got to have to succeed in the, in this in this league because that's where a lot of your short passes come from, and they set you up into second and manageable, third and manageable, and the Jets executed that well despite not throwing the ball that much. Yeah, I mean, we saw in the first couple of weeks Sam Darnold really didn't throw the ball downfield except for game one when he threw the ball downfield to Robbie Anderson. Sure. And that's what he yeah. did in this week as well, too. You, see, you saw him take more shots down the field. You saw mm-hmm. Jeremy Bates and Todd, Bowl, Todd Bowles open up that playbook and mm-hmm. finally stretch out Don, uh, Donald's arm, which we haven't seen all year. So, I mean, he's still improving. He didn't have, like you say, he didn't have an amazing game, right. but he he continues to improve each and every week, whether it's getting accuracy down, open up the playbook and get showing up that showing off that arm of his. 
getting the interceptions down, getting a high completion percentage. He continues to improve each and every week. And that's as Jets fans, that's all we, we, we could see from him, all we want yeah. to see from him. It's good that they're opening the playbook to him because, you know, as we, we were just said, the first few weeks they were like, it looks like they were scared to. Yeah, yeah it looks like they're saying now that he actually did throw the ball downfield to Robbie Anderson, where Robbie Anderson had a 35 yard touchdown pass and uh, I want to say a 65 yard as mm-hmm. well, or somewhere yeah. in that general area. And he even threw the ball downfield to Terrell Pryor, where he had the ni- Terrell Pryor had the nice one-handed touchdown pass Former as well. That was an unbelievable catch. Yeah, unbelievable. But again, yeah, he's airing the ball. He's hitting different receivers as well, too. Yeah. Uh, since we only have 15 minutes left in the show, uh, a little over 15, let's preview their game against the Colts. Um, yeah, the Jets are down guys in the secondary, but also the Colts are down guys in offense. Jack Doyle and T.Y. Hilton. I'm pretty sure Doyle is still out. And I don't think Hilton's going to play either. Um, I'm Hilton's looking at it right now. Move. Hilton and Doyle will both be out on Sunday. Doyle with a hip injury, uh, Hilton dealing with a hurt hamstring. This is huge for Andrew Luck because you're going on the road against a Jets defense that you know has been good this season for the most part. And this should be you know a favorable matchup for the Jets defense against Andrew Luck, wouldn't you say? Yeah, especially you mentioned. You have Jack Doyle and T.Y. Hilton going down. It helps out the Jets secondary as well, too, because yeah. <laughs> because not having Tremaine and Buster there mm-hmm. definitely helps them out because it gives them less pressure that they have to guard T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's a very good wide receiver. Right. It's fast. Yeah. Very Absolutely. fast. Also, the Jets are two-and-a-half-point favorites. They are. They are um, 0-1 as favorites this year, though. Let's pick this so. game. I think it's going to be the Jets. Just because, look, I'm not a fan of this. I mean, look, Andrew Luck is phenomenal. You can give him garbage and he'll turn into gold. But, I mean, re- I mean, I really don't see anything else happening. I mean, the, their running game is MIA. They don't have a running back. And now the T.Y. and Jack Doyle both. Well, Hines has kind of been filling in, but he's nothing special. Yeah, he's nothing crazy. But, I mean, now you take out Jack Doyle and T.Y., his top two, his top two uh, receivers, it's definitely a big hit. So, yeah. I'll take the Jets in this game. I will also take the Jets, but in a close one. Um, they're just, I think they're just the overall better team than the Colts, and especially with the injuries. Yeah. And plus, we mentioned Nigel Highs. I mean, the Jets, the Jets uh, they don't really give up many running yards. So, yeah. I'll take the Jets. I like the over in this game. I think a lot of points are about to be scored. So, I'll say the Jets like 28 25, something like that. Chris, did you have a final score for the Jets game? Uh, I'll say it's, uh, I'll say 35-24. Oh, okay. 35 points uh, for the Jets. Guys, I will actually be at this game along with our former co-host, Greg Vavernick. Nice. Um, cool name. Um, my Great dad guy. and my little brother are Jet fans. So, uh, and it's my little brother's birth. My little brother and Greg actually share the same birthday. So it's kind of like a, I got I got the tickets off a friend. She's going to be a, at, a, at a wedding, and she was selling tickets. So... You know, I figured, all right, this would be a cool birthday gift for the little bro turning the 1-5. So, yeah, I'm going to be at this game. I'll be rooting for the Jets, and I think the Jets will win. Um, I don't think they're going to score 35 points. Yeah, it's aggressive. Um, they it's did score 34 last week. I think the Jets I think the Jets will win this game. I'm going to go 24-10. to 10. Here's a good question, Tom. You going to be wearing a Giants jersey Sunday? Well, I'm not going to wear a Giants jersey. I'm probably just going to wear regular clothes. Neutral. I'm not going to wear. Respectful. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'd wear a Jets jersey. Kyle Russo. Go to Jets game. <laughs> I'm going to pick the. Uh, <laughs> you have regained yourself. I'm going to pick the Colts 20 to 13. Well, I just don't like the fact the city, that. Right? I just don't like the fact that Darnold, although he's been good, 
he has not his completion percentage is very bad in the past couple of games, and he makes some dumb mistakes sometimes. Right, and you're not going to have these seventy so yard passing. I'm guessing yards you're down the saying field. there will be a defensive touchdown in this game, and Vin- and Vinatieri. Not defensive touchdown. I just think that Darnold. Where Darnold's, are the points going to come from? Doyle's out. Tilton's out. Like Chris said, Andrew Luck turns gold into turns garbage, crap, the garbage into gold. Does Nelson, he, who else is yeah, on that line? I mean, you Does got Braden. Yes. Like, come on. He man. turns garbage into gold. We've seen it before. Right. It happens. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. And it's only twenty points. I'm not saying thirty-five. Right. Right, right, yeah. No. That no. It could happen. Yeah. It could happen. But anyway, let's. Uh, Let's round out the show with review and previewing some big games. Last week, the NFL was very interesting. Um, there's a lot of surprising division leaders this season, but before we get into that, let's talk about last week's games quickly here because we got a preview as well and make our lock and our upset. Um, so last week, week five, um, we had I had the Rams as my lock. I was correct, but I had Jacksonville over Kansas City as my upset. What was I thinking? especially with Pat Mahomes as my fantasy quarterback. Um, but So I went one for one. Kyle Russo, you took Kansas City as your lock. You were correct. You took Atlanta as your upset. And that was a major mistake. You were wrong. Yeah. I don't remember any that. of my picks. Mike Dawes, uh, <laughs> you took the Titans as your lock last oh, week. Oh, you totally lost, right? Uh, I don't even remember. No, it so they won. They, I'll tell you in three seconds. The Titans lost. Oh, they lost to, to Buffalo. Buffalo. 12, 13, 12. <laughs> 13, 12. You took Arizona Failure. as your upset, and I logged that game at NBC. Yes. You were correct. That's how I made money that week, fellas. So all three did. of us were one for one last week. All right. You got to hit on the upsets. Here. That's the main thing. Pats beat the Colts 38-24. Brady becomes the third player in NFL history with 500 touchdown passes. The Bills beat the Titans on a 46-yard game-winning field goal by Stephen Hoshka. Bengals score 27 unanswered to beat the Dolphins after being down 17 nothing without Tyler Eifert. That's pretty impressive. Bengals are 4-1. Look out for them. Uh, they might make the playoffs this year. Ravens lose to the Browns 12-9. That's not a good uh, outing for Baltimore. They're 3-2. and two. Uh, Greg Joseph hits a 37-yard field goal for an OT victory. Cleveland is 2-2-1. Two, two and one. What do you know? And Kyle's going to say they should be 4-0-1. Oh, they should be. They, had a should. they should. They should. They could be 5-0. and oh. they could, Yeah, they could. Okay, let's set the stage here. Can the Browns somehow, some way, no. sneak into a Not wild yet. card spot Not yet. in the AFC Not playoff? Next year is their year. I'm expecting Chris to say yes. Next year is oh, their year. No. I, All right, thank you. No, Denzel Ward, though, man. Denzel Ward. I mean, look, the, oh, I, knew, I knew coming into this season that the – Browns would put up – they're not going to be the same Browns as the team as we have seen yeah. in the past. And you can see it throughout every game. They've been in every game that they played so far. Yeah. Like I said, they could easily be 5-0 and if it was Undefeated for Undefeated with the spread. <laughs> Look. I mean, if you, you can make an argument that if Baker Mayfield and they have a different kicker those first couple weeks, yeah. they're a 5-0 and team. So going down the line – I completely agree with you, but having Baker Mayfield maybe starting in week one helps. But, I mean, Tyrod Taylor had the seniority. You had to give him the nod. He led Buffalo to the playoffs last season. Uh, Packers lose to the Lions 31-23 on four missed field goals by Mason Crosby. Shout out to Paul Lombardi, who uh, is listening tonight. He said he uh, he, uh, he logged that game at NBC. Um, you know, that's a tough loss for Green Bay. Four missed field goals by Mason Crosby. That's unheard of. But credit to Detroit. They're 2-3. and three. This NFC North, I mean, all these teams are just throwing up on each other right now. 
I mean, honestly, that's like, the, who is going to come out of... on top of that division? Right now, Chicago is on top. Yeah. And we'll get to them in just a moment. I think it might stay that way. Um, yeah. Chiefs beat the Jags 30-14. Jaguars had five giveaways in this game. Uh, Blake Bortles had a very subpar. <laughs> you know him and you love him, Blake when Bortles. When does Jacksonville give up 30 points? Yeah, what was the last? I mean, four interceptions by Bortles. T.J. Yeldon was the only bright spot on the offense. T.J. Yeldon had the most catches as your backup running back. You need Leonard Fournette back, man. This is tough. I mean, they're definitely missing Marquise Lee as well. Um, shout out to Rita Austin. Thank you for the thumbs up. Um, other stuff here, other games. Uh, scrolling down the line, Falcons lose to the Steelers 41-17. James Conner was a beast. Calvin Ridley has six touchdowns through five games, but it wasn't enough. Uh Vikings beat the Eagles 23-21. to Vikings getting back on track. Guys, digest this for a minute. Adam Thielen has 100-plus receiving yards in each of the first five games. Stud. Amazing. And he came out of nowhere. To uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Adam Thielen through five weeks is the best wide receiver in football. I would yeah. absolutely agree with that. Yeah. yeah. You know who's not the best? It's Odell Beckham. Oh, absolutely. Oh, not uh, he, yes, no, not You know who's not the best He's wide receiver? He's not even top ten. Oh, you know who's not the best one? J.J. Watt. He's, so He's also not the best wide He's receiver. Not. That's just facts. Best, I mean, best tight end. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> that was a Chris and Mike inside joke moment, there, folks. Um, Cardinals get their first win, uh, 28-18 over the 49ers. Look, C.J. Bathard did not have a great game. It was very tough throughout the game. Uh, yeah, Matt Breida. I think he was hurt. He tore his ACL. Yeah, uh, you might be right on that. The 28-18 was the final. Rams survived the Seahawks 33-21 and for their first 5-0 start since 2001. They were my lock last week. 2001. Jared Goff, uh, he has been the best quarterback in the NFC through the first five weeks. Yes. Uh, Texans beat the Cowboys in the Battle of Texas. 19-16, Fairbane, game-winning field goal in overtime. And the last game we'll talk about, uh, Drew Brees and the Saints improved to 4-1 and one after losing to Tampa Bay in Week 1. 43-19 final score over the Washington Redskins. Drew Brees, congratulations. You are now the all-time leader in passing yards in NFL history, and no appropriate way to celebrate it with Peyton Manning's video. Uh, <laughs> that I was just about to him. He was just cutting tomatoes. Just cutting tomatoes, man. Funny. Um, update. Tomatoes here. Uh, Which record did he break? He was like, what? <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. He's like, oh, do I still hold the uh, passing yards? He's like, no, he broke that too. <laughs> He's like, damn it. Um, yeah, it was good. Playoff update. And completions too. Playoff update. Dodgers are winning one nothing on the back of a Manny Machado home run. Nice. Yeah, I saw it went one fifteen off the bat. I love stats. So <laughs> I love that. Must have went far. Yeah, you you should call it Billy Bean. And so, um, yes, that was uh, the Dodgers are up one nothing. Drew Brees, the NFL's all-time leading passer. Uh, Bucks and Bears run a bye last week. Let's get to week six here quick. Uh, the big game, obviously, is Kansas City against New England. Um, and, look, Atlanta's got to get back on track. The fun fact that I brought up about Atlanta uh, last week is that since 1940, yeah, that caught your attention there. 1940. Uh, teams scoring 36-plus points at home with zero turnovers are 402-4. and and four. Atlanta, in 2018, has two of those four losses. Not good. Wow. 
Yeah, I, I bet a, on the Winter Super Bowl. That's so. a fun fact. Uh, you also heard this fun fact last week as well on the oh, show because yeah. we brought it up. Uh, Bucks Falcons this week. Jameis Winston making his first start of the season. Atlanta should win this game at home. Yep. They, they should get back on track. Cal- Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper going to go off. Devontae Freeman is healthy. Atlanta offense is going to go balls to the walls and find a way to win this game. I thought Freeman was out, but regardless, no, it Freeman should be playing. points, points, points. Bengals and Steelers in Ohio, one of the NFL's most hated rivalries. Um, Cleveland hosting uh, the Chargers. I mean, look, they've won two of three games with Baker Mayfield, the quarterback. This should be fun to watch at First Energy Stadium. The Bills and the Texans, that's a boring game. Dolphins at Bears should be interesting. Tannehill versus Mack in the Bears defense. Bears are 3-1 and one at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Uh, that's going to be a fun game because Miami has surprised a lot of people, guys. Yeah, they have that loss to New England, but they're 3-2. and two. They've been better than what most people thought. Do you think they're going to be a respectable team this year, or it's a favorable schedule to start and only a matter of time before they derail into a subpar year? I oh. think you, – Chris, you go first. Oh, okay, go? fine. Yeah, Being right. – uh, look, I mean, I know I might just sound, be sound like a typical Jets fan here, but I think that the Dolphins have come back to that, down to reality. They're not a good – I don't think they're a good football team at all. I mean – I I do like Ryan Tannehill a lot. I like him, but I mean, you're, how many games are you actually going to win with Kenny Stills as your yeah. number one wide receiver and Kenyon Drake as your starting running back? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean the defense is all right. Cameron Wake still got it. I, th- I love Minka Fitzpatrick. I think he's very good too. So I mean, but I think they're going to come back. They come back down to reality, and they're just going to have it, they were it was favorable to them at the beginning of the season, and they, I don't think they're going to win much games down right. the road. I agree with that. Uh, Cardinals at Vikings. Colts at Jets, uh, Seahawks and the Raiders. Marshawn Lynch will be facing his former team in London. I'm glad London. the London game is starting at one o'clock. I don't have to get up at crack of dawn to no, watch that game. Actually, I, I won't be watching that game because I'll be getting ready for the Jet game. Oh, that's true. I li- I know I like when they play in London, but like they're early because then I literally get a whole day of football. Day of football. With your coffee, Lu- bagel, I, yeah, exactly. I literally get a whole day of football. It's the best. No, that's fun. Uh, Another good game, Josh Norman and the Redskins facing his former team, Carolina, in Washington. Broncos and Rams, the Red Hot Rams offense, will be traveling to Mile High. Jaguars at Cowboys, that should be interesting. Ravens and the Titans, battle of the of two top five defenses in this league. That might be the second best game this week behind Kansas City and New England, which I'm going to talk about next. The Chiefs have won two straight games against the Pats. The Chiefs are 5-0. Pats are 3-2. and two. They say nobody stays undefeated playing in New England. We'll see at Gillette this weekend. As you know, the Giants and the Eagles already played. 49ers, the Packers, and Lambeau. And then you got the Saints and the Lions on a bye. All right, so it's that time of the show. It's our last talk of the show. Time for one lock and one up set. I'll, I'll go first. My lock. There's a couple 10-point spreads out there, but I will go with one of them because that's easy. So I'll go Packers with the lock. And surprisingly, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati are the dogs. So I will take Pittsburgh. They're getting one and a half points. So, so Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Chris, I'm going to take Buffalo with my upset. I like it. And I'm going to take the Jets as my lock. I'm going to take the Jets as my lock pick. Who's uh, who's Buffalo playing? Texans. Texans. Okay. I love Buffalo plus ten. Lock that in. Do it. Locked. Lock it up. <laughs> that is very interesting. Uh, Kyle Russo. 
All right, my lock is going to be Chicago versus Miami. I mean, they're looking to trade Devontae Parker now. Josh Sitton's out. Khalil Mack should feast in this game. And then my upset is going to be Kansas City versus New England. Ooh, I pick. hope so. I hope so. I mean, pa- Patriots are favored? Yeah, three and a half. At home. Are you kidding me? Why is that? Of course. They lost two games this year. Home. It doesn't mean anything. The Jets beat anything. them at home. That's why you don't know anything. Eight years ago. I say, what, when Jericho Cotter <laughs> made that catch? All uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> um... Anybody know the line for the Dallas-Jacksonville game? Uh, oh, Jacksonville's three-point favorite. Okay, so I'm going to go Minnesota as my lock over the Cardinals. I mean, I think that's a pretty easy one, despite the Cardinals getting their first win last week. True. Uh, Minnesota also 2-2-1 two, two, and one right now. And then my upset, um, oh, man, this is tough, 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 tough. I'm trying to see who's not favored to win. You guys took all the good ones. The host is o- the host of the show is always left with a tough task of deciding his last upset. I Tom, see, I, I see. I see a game that's up in the air a little bit. Maybe you go to Tennessee, Baltimore. Tennessee. I don't have upset. the lines in front of me, though. Tennessee. Anybody Tennessee. have the lines? Oh, I just exited the, the lines. lines. I can tell you stuff. For which um, game? Any game. Just I need the lines for all the games, and I'll give you one. All right, Atlanta is three point favorites over Tampa. Cincinnati one point favorite over Pittsburgh. Cleveland one point favorite over. Chargers, two and a half favorites. Seattle yeah, the versus Chargers Oakland. over the Browns. That's my upset. Ooh. Oh, Philip Rivers. Oh, Ooh. I saw a pick him for. I thought you were picking. I saw a pick him for that game. So now it's my upset. One. All right, all right, all right. On awesome. that note, we will be back next week, um, October nineteenth, with another show. Hopefully, James will be back by then. Shout out to everyone who watched our Facebook Live video tonight. We appreciate you, Chris. You getting the shot there a little bit. Hey, there he is. Uh, Kyle Russo, you can Ugh. see the back of his head there, waving his hands up. Mike Dawes to my right. Shout out Scott Travis, Paul Lombardi, tuning in late here. And uh, on behalf of Chris Klimazewski, Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes, I'm Tom Scavetta. Stay tuned next week for another enticing sports talk show of Review and Preview right here on MyWCWPSports.org and MyWCWP.org. Good night, everyone.